Hello, Internet, and welcome again to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I'm one of your three hosts, Wade Mariano, joined here, as always, by one... Trace Finicaro. And... Diabolos Cobretti. That is a one Gunner Kennedy. How are we doing there, boys? We are actually recording. It is a late night, a late Thursday night. We're a little bit late this week, but uh, we apologize, and we will try and get back on schedule. It's summertime. Things are a little crazy in the summertime. Speaking of crazy... Uh, Trace, I was uh, I was watching a little bit of Black Mirror on Netflix earlier this week. You kind of turned me on to that show. And um, we kind of agreed that we were going to talk about not only just Netflix, but, but uh, internet streaming of television um, and kind of how it's, how it's uh, becoming more of, a, more of a mainstream thing and uh, some other little quirks and things about it. So, Trace, I'm going to let you kind of go ahead and I want you to talk about, talk about streaming television online what are your thoughts well i've been listening to this podcast and it's called masters of scale and it's not for everybody um it's a podcast that centralizes around companies that start small but they scale themselves properly to grow very large and there's um the the ceo of of linkedin his name is uh reed hastings i believe um no i got that wrong um, Reed Hastings is the CEO of Netflix, and Reed Hoffman is the CEO of LinkedIn. But uh, Reed Hoffman, he's he's pretty good at interviewing, and he interviews these these CEOs. And when he interviewed the uh, the CEO of Netflix, he, he he of course brought up the concept of binge watching, and he's like he's like, how do you feel that you are really like solely responsible for the phenomenon of of binge? watching. And uh, what the CEO of Netflix said was, technology is responsible for binge watching. And he's like, well, okay, how, wh- wh- what do you mean? I mean, it, it, it really wasn't, it really wasn't that much of a thing until, um, until streaming television. And uh, what he said was, <laughs> he said that, you know, when, when television was invented, it was a miracle that there was a motion picture in your living room, but when you look at the other uh, the other ways to consume stuff, people are were already doing it on their own terms. And the the analogies that he used were books and music. And when he said that, he said we didn't invent binge watching. We it, the, the technology is what made it accessible. So you're kind of like saying, <clears throat> just like anybody who's reading maybe a a series of novels or books or something like that, they're not necessarily just going to stop after a chapter or uh, one, a volume, if you will. Like if they really want to see it, they'll, con- or they really want to hear the story, they'll continue to read. Exactly. It's, it's, it's that idea of the transactional cost of an action. You know, like if, if, if you know, you, even if you had a physical, even, you know, like, even if you had the physical media version of a, of a movie, you still like you know you had that you had to you had to block time in because it was like you only had this one place to do it. But now we just have these devices and everything else, and hopefully a, a, a widely available network that lets us access all this shit. So it's like whoa, whoa. the only reason the only reason to stop watching is you have something else to do, right? 
Yeah, and when he was talking about like like classic television, and he's like, "Well, that that when it started, it was a good business to get into because it was a fifty-year technology." And he goes, um, "Or fifty-year product." And he's like, I, "I hope that streaming television is also a fifty-year product." And it's an interesting thing to think of because when you think about it in terms of like you know fifty years, it starts to prepare our brains for a world where broadcast television was like riding a horse to work and that to me was number one the how humble he was as a ceo is really interesting so i know i said like like streaming television but it's kind of about netflix itself um but but i i think it's such a it's such a huge topic i think it's a fun topic um but he didn't take credit for it which i thought was very humble of him um he kind of you know, said, well, it, the technology had finally enabled it. You know, when Netflix first came out, they weren't streaming it at, at HD. They were streaming at something lower, like 320 or 640 or whatever was, whatever the pipes could could push at the time. And at the time, you, we really didn't have computers with these crazy screens either. Um, just a, a side note, a side question, if you don't know, it's fine. When Netflix first came out, I remember it was more of like a delivery service did they always have online streaming or no no they didn't and he he touched base on that during the interview as well and um it kind of started as like a side thing um like there was a little bit of demand for it. hey why can't we just stream the videos what's <clears throat> really interesting too is that at that time his biggest competition was blockbuster because he was competing with with dvd rentals like actual discs coming to your home and then going back. So he needed to find a way to be cheaper, faster, more convenient, um, better service than Blockbuster. And uh, it's, it's, it's funny because you'd, you'd think Blockbuster would have had the distribution and Blockbuster would have been able to execute it better. Um, Blockbuster actually came out with a streaming service too. And the only reason I know about this is because I used to, I used to uh, pay to stream a movie through Blockbuster. And just like you could pay three bucks for a rental, you'd go on Blockbuster's website and pay three bucks uh, to stream it. And I used it a few times, but I went back to use it like a year later and it was gone. Like the service had been taken down and that was, you know, before the, the fall of, of Blockbuster as a company. But no, it, uh, streaming was, was definitely a side thing. And now it's, it's most of the business. But as we all know, because if you're, do you do a search on Netflix, sometimes it will say, um, this title isn't available for streaming. Um, and they'll still allow, if you do pay them per month, they'll still allow you to, to get them in the mail. But I thought streaming television was an interesting topic. And Netflix is kind of like the, it, you know, he, they're the big guy in the block. Um, another thing that he mentioned was how streaming television is, um, well, what I was very interesting to hear from him was the next largest streaming service after Netflix. Um, Netflix, he said, is in about 50% of U.S. homes. He said the next biggest streaming service is in 30% of U.S. homes. Can you guys guess what it is? I'm going to guess Hulu, but I bet you I'll guess wrong. YouTube? Nope. It's HBO. No, actually, that you makes know, I sense. I kind of believe that, yeah. HBO mm -hmm. is in 30% of U.S. homes. But what was even more interesting is when he was describing the market that he was capturing, HBO kept has kept 30%, about 30% of the U.S. for like as long as they've offered the service. They've, they've, they've always had a huge amount 
of of uh, of the United States, and they've only gradually increased as streaming has gotten more popular. Whereas Netflix, you know, started off at zero, um, and now they're at fifty percent. So as Netflix grew, they did not take the space that HBO was in. They're not a direct competitor even though they're the next most common service that people have. HBO actually complements Netflix. It, it kind of exists in a different market. And that, I thought, was really interesting, too. Well, I think it's kind of like... <clears throat> I'm trying to think of a good analogy to to create with that. Because, yeah, when I think of like the programming, they're not really comparable. Like, don't get me wrong, I love... There are some Netflix series that I absolutely love. But as far as like the production value... And the writing, and, and when I say the writing, like right, the big one right now that everyone is like Game of Thrones and Westworld, right? And those aren't those aren't like next, those aren't HBO originals as far as original content that they created. Those are based off a book series, I believe, and maybe a movie. Um, well, you want to you want to get into semantics? Technically, I mean, they're in, it's it they're based off of books in the same way that Pabst Blue Ribbon is Pabst Blue Ribbon is inspired by a true story, you know. I mean, even that they're fucking going to like Game of Thrones is going to get to the end of that story before the fucking books do. And so right. at this at this point do you really want to say that like you know West Westworld itself is is kind of I mean like there were some books but it, it's that series of films from the 70s. And even then it's not it's not anything like the old one other than the theme of you have robots that look like humans. Right. They rebel. Yeah, like the old ones had gears in the, like they could take the face off, there's gears inside. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, you know, there's reference, there's like, there's like kind of Easter eggs and references to that in the show Because that's what androids itself. were back then, right? The yep. concept of an android was gears back then. It wasn't microchips <laughs> I mean, like it you is know, now. Westworld, Westworld, I mean, the one that they have on HBO right now is way more philosophical and it has way better production values than any of the movies that they did well i think do you think that's because um it's more like back then the concept was a significantly more novel idea or it was significantly like maybe far-fetched and more sci-fi back then than it is now no i mean like i actually i think i think the original westworld had um Michael Crichton involved in writing, you know, like, and again, it's like Michael Crichton had a very specific approach to sci-fi, you know. But it, and again, like, there's a, there's a couple things during the '70s that kind of had him do the, um, what the fuck, Quentin Tarantino script punch-up thing. But yeah, what's uh, I, I mean, like, you know, other other than the the '70s was kind of this this place ripe with. Dystopia, dystopian views of the future betraying us. Like you know, Logan's like, Run. Like Logan's Run, like fucking uh, Soylent Green, Omega Man. Oh, Soylent Green, is that the, you know, like, line is? Do you know what we're talking about, Trace? Oh, no, I haven't seen any movie that you And even mentioned. that, so, Soylent Green has, you know, Soylent Green's based on a book, but it has nothing in common. Is it, Soylent Green is essentially like, there's like, Soylent Green is this food, like, Everything's been replaced by Southern Green. Earth is Earth is fucked. The human population is dependent on the, this synthetic food replacement that they used to have called Soylent Brown. But Soylent Brown gone out of production because the animals that they made it from were extinct, and they were make they were replacing it with Soylent Green, which is supposedly green because of the algae. And plot plot twist. 
Soylent Green is made from the people that are being scooped up as protesters against this fucking collapsing government. And was it nutritious, though? Oh, yes. It was delightful. Um, isn't there a real product on the market called yeah. Soylent Green? Yes, because, you know, because basically all the people who are relatively close to our age, who became like tech entrepreneurs and stuff like that, are immense pricks and just like fucking sticking their finger in the eye of the coyote and you know the universe in general you know like why the british defense department had a contract with uh british aerospace systems to make a defense computer and they called it skynet and why the japanese are building humanoid robots and the company that they decided to found to make them is called cyberdyne systems (laughs) my son heard uh, a reference to the star wars program the United States Star Wars program. Oh, and he just mouth. couldn't handle it. He thought it was the funniest thing. He's like, "Isn't that so cool?" I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what came first. I assumed the movie. The movie I, came first. I assume first. it's just a it's just a coincidence that they picked the same name. But no, to him, it's because like, Re- because Reagan Reagan had the same infantile fascination with media that. Oh, oh really? He was an actor. D- Reagan D- was an actor. D- right? D- did yes. Gotcha. Yeah, but it's back to to circle back to. Netflix and HBO. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it either. Because I mean, it's not like HBO can do no wrong. You know what I mean? Like HBO has had plenty of duds or things that went on for one season or maybe two seasons, and they weren't that great. But one, one of the excellent interview questions was, uh, you know, when you get a script, do you know it's going to be a great Netflix script? And the guy's like, No, it's not my specialty. He's like, I'm not good at reading scripts. He's like, There's another guy that does that, and he explained that process. And uh, He's like, um, at that time that the interview was happening, he mentioned his next big script was uh, 13 Reasons Why, which is a Netflix show um, that got a lot, that got really good ratings. And he said that HBO's um, script that was a good, that was a good call was Silicon Valley, which that gets excellent ratings as well. So he kind of used those as, as evidence that both, uh, both streaming providers are both really content creators in that case producers really tv producers um both of them had people that knew how to pick out a great script a script that people would tune into a script people would be interested in well and actually i mean even get if you even want to get into more brass tacks the disruptive part of this model is that previously you had these separate production companies that would make programming for syndication and stuff like that but they were dependent on outside you know like basically they were dependent on negotiating with these cartels to get you know space for these this programming and the scope of stuff that they could produce was pretty limited and now effectively hbo and netflix and amazon prime say well uh yeah too bad you know you know cbs abc nbc don't want to want to broadcast this well fine we'll go on to our own service we'll take all you know We'll make, our, we'll make our own service with Blackjack and Hookers. Yeah, HBO saying, fuck you, we're showing dicks and tits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, yeah not only are they... <laughs> Maybe a butthole in here. <laughs> yeah, they can... A they, solicited butthole. They can control their content, which is nice, and they're not regulated by by the, the same FCC rules because stuff over the airwaves can't contain that stuff. Um, so <clears> they can do the nudity, they can do the swear words or the buttholes or whatever. Um, but like you said, they also have the budget to be able to just produce it themselves. They aren't relying on a third party uh, that much for production. But one question I thought was great was uh, the LinkedIn uh, CEO says, 
uh, says to the Netflix guy, he says, um, he says, picking a good script, he goes, is that something you're afraid is going to eventually be replaced by artificial intelligence? And the guy sat there for a second and he goes, well, I think, you know, maybe, maybe 10 years from now that'll be happening. And he said, and this really resonated with me, he said, um, um, but, you know, at that point, they may, they may be contributing to the script. He said, right now, poetry is not very great if it's written by AI. And he considers good television to just be like this creative, like poetry style art. Um, and, uh, you know, he's like, well, eventually, you know, the AI could create the content too. But the part that I thought was, was really cool is he said, he said, what we don't know now, we, we, we don't know if they'll be creating it for humans or if they'll be creating it for AI. And I thought that was a fucking really cool answer. It's like, hey, do you think AI is going to take away, you know, your guy's job, the guy that selects scripts? And he comes back saying, no, do you think AI is going to, or no, not immediately, but maybe eventually. Hey, do you think AI will write the script? Um, maybe eventually. But if, if, if the intelligence of a machine is that advanced by then, it may also be seeking s similar content. And that's crazy to me. I don't, <clears throat> that's I don't know. Crazy do you to think? Me. I think like it's kind of a slick off the cuff answer, but I think if we were to delve deeper into it, it's more of a why would I mean why wouldn't why would AI find it beneficial to create content for itself? Like I don't know. No, well, again, so I don't know the different the 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 the, the, the yeah maybe to risk too much. Uh, psychological analysis but you go back to you go back to westworld everything every action of an intel every action of intelligence that we actually can classify is an act of narrative so the way that you make new stories is by reading old ones so what you know i mean not necessarily mike and molly or whatever not slagging but you know that that's the point is that you know, na nature, nature, nature does not improve. Nature does not improve out of like an abyss. It just makes a mistake in copying something that already exists. So why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't AI start telling each other stories to try and understand the world a little better in but, a different way? But that's the most interesting thing to me is that is that that it may not be what we consider a movie at that yeah. point. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it could be something completely different. Could something, be something completely different. Yeah. For the time being, I definitely agree with. I mean, e e <clears throat> well, sorry, so no, go ahead. But I mean, like uh, we, uh, you know, we kind of loop around that. But like the the open mind demo they had, where they fuck, they pardon my French. I can I gotta stop? PG rated podcast. I yeah. ain't PG rated. We, we just got, talked about buttholes like three minutes we wanna, ago. We want to absolutely no, not no, PG no, rated. I, no, I'm saying that it's PG rated because even as an adult, we recommend you talk to your parents about this <laughs> stuff. Um, but. Open mind the the Google that Google AI stack like they had two they they've had systems effectively come up with their own language to just like talk with each other and not like Google Gaga Google Gaga you know like they're actually exchanging data. Is this a myth that <clears throat> I just maybe read somewhere, or was it true that maybe it was open mind, maybe it wasn't? They were they started to they couldn't tell 
exactly what the machines were saying to each other, but they started to recognize patterns. And because yes, they no, there, 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 there was there was there were there were <clears throat> the you know the the Star Trek Universal Translator rule you know bullshit aside, there are certain rules in how languages are structured because it's it, again all language is effectively just telling a story, which is why I speak so terribly because I never get to a point, but. Yeah, you know, you can recognize. I mean, like you know, there is some education involved in it, but you can you can effectively, even if you don't understand the words, you can pick up the structure of a language just by listening to it or reading it, because the way that you know, like the way that they'll frame things, you know, there are some anomalies, and actually you start getting to that, and it's like you can actually start like determining which languages are closest to like first ancestral ones by the like the, the way that they're structured because it gets into the whole like how how like formants and stuff get done in the brain did you see the movie arrival with amy adams yes yeah is like yeah you know we, we uh, there's a there's a certain there's a certain uh, first nations uh at group that doesn't that like you know what do they talk about Sorry, they're uh, you know like I mean like you, you talk about that. It's like people talk about time in different ways. People, you know, Japanese. There's like three different versions of Japanese, and they don't tell you which one's which. And there's like one that like there's the guy guy ones, which are like the ones that like they fucking people in power speak to each other. There's the guy like informal ones, which are like normal conversation, and there's the feminine version, and the one that like filthy gaijins are allowed to learn is the lady language because they don't rank. <clears throat> so are you saying that AI can detect that? Yeah. Well, actually, um, I mean, like once you formalize the rules and stuff, like again, it, that's the kind of the, the beauty of computing is you, as long as you can pick rules up, you can brute force that shit. Well, it wasn't AI that detected that. It was the humans that detected it. Got nervous because they did. They knew they were communicating. They just didn't know what they were saying, so they just pulled those fuckers offline. Oh, they killed them. <laughs> oh. Like, you know, and again, it's Google probably is not going to be the one that comes up with the machine that ends human civilization. It's going to be one of the weird Chinese knockoffs or a sublab in Baidu that steals the source code from the data center in China that does it. The ones that just didn't get the ones who decided they didn't need to pay the quality control people. <laughs> so I was talking to a coworker today about podcasts in general. And uh, so... When it comes to streaming television or streaming video, um, of course, there's the stuff that kind of mimics the old syndicated TV that we grew up with. Um, but then there's kind of the newer type content, which is more like a blog format uh, or, a, or a podcast format, right? So like um, um, there's a lot of YouTube shows that are just guys sitting around and talking. They might be doing product reviews. Um, they might be talking about the latest movies. Um, they might be testing out video games. Um, they might be cooking. Um, and they're getting a lot of viewers and a lot of traffic. And uh, that's one thing that Netflix did admit that it is a market that is up and coming. And it's a market they need to find a way to get into. And if for those who use Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime's already doing it. If you go on Amazon Prime and you do a search for Minecraft, you're going to find a bunch of of the uh, the famous Minecraft uh, video content creators 
from YouTube, and their content is also on Amazon Prime, which is very smart because it kind of allows people to open up the Prime app instead of opening up the YouTube app. They get the Prime navigation with the Prime, um, you know, linked content and you know related content. But you're getting you're getting that that stuff. What's weird for me though is I see a really nice like Minecraft logo, and I think I'm going to watch a TV show about Minecraft, and it's just a YouTube video with some guy. So that's what's been a, it's been a little bit weird for me as a consumer to see the content coming. It's not really welcome to me. My kids are like, you know, click on it, please click on it, click on that Minecraft video. But I'm like, no, that's just a YouTube channel. I'm not going to click on that on Amazon Prime. Um, but it's it's indisputable that that's taking up a lot of viewership. So when we talk about streaming streaming content, uh, you know, what's the future going to look like as everybody can put a HD or 4K camera in their living room and create their own content? Well, I just I think so. Are we? What's the difference between this Amazon Prime Minecraft videos and Twitch? Amazon Prime is closer to YouTube, where it's pre-recorded. It's not. It's not live. So it's not live streaming. Then it's just. Right. So there is. So you're telling me there's no difference between YouTube and Amazon then, as far as these Minecraft videos go? Yeah, it's it's the exact same content actually. I don't know, is that really a smart move? I mean, I think that's already been done. I don't think Netflix needs to waste their time with that because it's. Well, Netflix isn't. Netflix isn't though. I mean, they aren't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't have it on there yet. But he admitted that it's that it's 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 a good amount of viewers, right? I mean, if you look at like you know my kids, they're going to be growing up looking for content in different places they're going to go to youtube first so if netflix doesn't want to be a dinosaur in 20 years they have to be strategic about what content they jump on so that they're not like broadcast television is today i mean broadcast television today is kind of still alive i think some of them are alive because they offer their streaming content online but they still don't know how to do it. They're like, oh, we'll give you one episode and you can watch it for six days. And if you want to go back to six episodes ago, then you need to sign in with your with your cable provider. Like it's really gross. Like the well, experience is I really mean, they gross. want to get paid. They want, they're trying to cling to the old, you know what I mean? Like they're trying to cling to the, to the only thing they get paid. Because if, if it's just anybody can get access to their content without watching commercials or whatever, you know, without like, I don't know if you'd call it terrestrial television or whatever, but I guess it's all terrestrial regardless. Um, like they want you to sign in with your cable provider because they want to know that you have a cable provider. Otherwise, because if you don't have a cable provider, they're not ultimately going to get paid. That's where they're still making their money. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's the part that's weird to me because I don't, as a consumer, I don't understand why the fuck CW will allow me to watch the last five episodes of a show, but not the last 10. Like, what are they gaining by, by pulling out the back catalog? It seems like if they want somebody hooked on a show, they should allow them to watch the whole damn season. They should allow them to watch all seasons, just inject commercials. It, you know, is it because ad blockers are blocking the commercials? Is it because, uh, is, is it because people just stop watching it? It through there? that Like, they like the live television better? Maybe the live television commercials are better? Or maybe... I, I don't know. I don't understand. It's interesting it. you say that because HBO. Um, so I rarely watch cable, but when I do, like I'll go on HBO on on demand on the cable box, like television, um, not streaming. And you can get you can access some of their programming, some of their previous programming, but it's 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 weird. If I, now I go to HBO Go 
I can access any episode from any season or whatever. Right. It's almost like the opposite of that, maybe it sounds mm-hmm. like. I have no idea what the decision is. HBO is also a very strict subscription service, right? Where CW is only bundled. Nobody goes out and buys CW package. No, I mean, I don't buy the HBO package. I just have, look, they ask me when I sign in, you know, what's your cable provider? Like, I don't have HBO. You have to. No. You have to be subscribed or else they won't let you watch it. I'm telling you, I log in with my cable. With my cable, you must have bought a bundle. I don't know. You must have bought a promotional bundle because HBO won't let you get in unless you actually have a subscription. They have HBO Go and HBO Now. HBO Go is, I think it's like nine or ten bucks a month if you already have cable. And HBO, that's HBO Go. HBO Now is a straight up flat, like nine or ten. I'm telling you, They're I different don't. websites, <laughs> almost identical content, but you have to be subscribed. I do not pay an extra fee for HBO. I pay it through my cable provider, but I don't pay HBO. I don't have like an HBO. Right. Your cable provider. You're paying your cable provider oh, either through a package. For HBO, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the $10 a month is being added onto your cable bill. I guess my point is, is that HBO gets their money directly by having their service, whereas everybody else just is kind of this free rider on your cable subscription. You know, like Fox is a good example. Um, if you watch Fox or FX or FXX or whatever, they just ride on your cable bill. There's no way to like to just take them off or to put them on. You know, so those are the websites that, like, I'm talking about. You go to like Fox.com and you try watching content. First of all, the fucking advertisements are ridiculous. When I say ridiculous, I don't mean the commercials. Like, whatever the commercials interrupt, but they have the volume on them is either so quiet you can't hear the commercial or it's so loud you have to turn the TV down, right? This is something the FCC fixed on broadcast television, but the problem is back in streaming television. So that's a problem with the commercials. Number two, it's the same fucking commercial every break. That's a problem. I don't understand how they're trying to, how they can get their message across that, like, like effectively when you just keep hearing the same fucking commercial like every 15 minutes in a show, but whatever, I can still live with that. What really bothers me is they run, they run these like really, really bad scripts during their commercials. And when I'm watching Fox, it's using all four cores of my fucking desktop computer by the time the show is over and I have to close the show out. And I actually have to run an ad blocker. Fox knows I am. Somehow they still let me watch the show just so that my computer doesn't use 100% of its processor the whole time that I'm watching it. It's really bad. But if that's not bad enough, you only get the last few shows. That's the part I don't understand. Like, if you're getting all this advertising, you're fucking mining bitcoins or whatever the fuck you're using my processor for, and you filling up the time slots with the same stupid-ass commercial which blasts the speakers out of my wall, what... What is it about an episode that's six episodes ago? Is it because it's de-incentivizing um, people from from like like using their cable box? Like I don't understand. You know, is is it de-incentivizing them from buying the DVDs when they come out a year later, or what? Not DVDs, but whatever. How are they buy it? You know, buying them on Amazon or buying them on iTunes. I mean, if that's still, <clears throat> I don't really know because I'm not really in that. I don't really watch. Like I said, I really don't watch regular cable television anyway, and I don't really understand like what, yeah, what what your incentive is to not be allowed to access those shows. If it's like, well, they might want to buy these episodes 
And I don't, is that, is that you, you've bought purchase episodes before. Is it per episode that you pay or is it yeah, per season? Yeah, you can either buy each work? episode individually or you can buy the whole season. If you buy the season, and they're expensive. I mean, the, the people creating the content probably wouldn't say it, but from a consumer it is. So like, um, um, you know, Walking Dead is still a show that's on and um, I don't have cable television. So if I want to watch it, I either have to steal it, wait a, wait a year for the, um, for the previous season to be on Netflix, um, or I have to buy it. And since I still watch it and I like to watch it live so I know what people are talking about, I go and buy it. It's $3 an episode. So for you know a 12-season episode, you're spending $36. And what they do is they bump the price down to like $2.50 an episode if you buy them all at once. But it kind of sucks because you have to pay the whole shot. So if you're doing something like Walking Dead where it's a split season, you may find out after the first half of the split season that you fucking hate that season. You've already paid for it. Yeah, I, I definitely could make the argument that it is a steep price because I guess if I want to try and rationalize it in my head... I go to the movies and I spend ten to twelve dollars on a ticket, and that's roughly two two and a half hours of entertainment at a significantly higher quality. Right. Um, you know, Walking Dead, sure, an entire season, like what do you would you say, twelve, fifteen episodes? Yeah, an hour each. Yeah. But I mean, the cost, the 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 amount of money they paid to produce that show, I definitely don't think is comparable to a to a top like tier movie or whatever. No, and it's an hour syndicated, <clears throat> which means. It's really closer to like forty-five minutes once sure. you once you take the commercials out and put it on Amazon. That is one thing that you do get when you buy the episode on Amazon or iTunes is you do get a commercial-free version of it, and it's it's crazy because after you consume so much television commercial-free, you almost don't it, it you, you're not you're, you're not prepared for the commercial. Like one of them is seeking forward into a show. Um, if if a website forgets where I was when I l- watched a show, let's say I stop it halfway in, in, in the middle of it, and that website injects ads, I can't fast forward until I watch the ad that comes right before that stopping point. Mm-hmm. And that's something with Netflix and with Amazon and with, with iTunes, you don't have to worry about. Like sitting through an ad as soon as it's turned on. You, you it's just it's just a it's a just a strange thing about injecting commercials. So I think we kind of get spoiled, but I'm also like, I'm kind of spoiling myself because I'm spending the money on it. Well, I mean, I guess like you talk about spoiled and is that really the right attitude to have? Because the fact is, is that if you want to make money, you have to go, you have to be the best to the consumer, right? Like you have to offer the consumer the best deal. Somebody will offer you a better deal. You know what I mean? Like a company will offer you, unless they were to collude or something like that. Netflix doesn't have any ads or shit like that. You know what I mean? Like they don't deal with that. There's always going to be a Netflix, or there's always going to be somebody that's willing to do it. You know, but it's these these IPs that kind of get locked into these services too. Like, um, Netflix is going through this right now, where they have uh their Marvel series that that deal is going to end here pretty soon and Disney's going to its own proprietary streaming service. Right. And Comcast, you know, like that, that whole Comcast deal, like that's part of the reason that they're, they're scrambling to get Fox. I've heard a lot of people interested in the Disney streaming. Like a lot of people are talking well, about Fox like, being well, interested Dis- in it. Disney has a ridiculous library. I mean, they do. Like people, people, you know, like they got people Star think, Wars, right? Yeah, but I mean, like people think, people think of just 
when you talk about Disney, the people forget how many like fucking film studios that Disney actually owns. Like they own fucking RoboCop. Stop whispering. Why? Because I can't fucking hear you. <laughs> well, I can't hear. I can't hear you, Wade. I'm inside your mind. <laughs> the sleeper has awoken. Oh God, Dune is awesome. But I don't think it's a Disney movie. Although I would watch a Disney remake. Actually, uh, due to certain deals that have gone through, uh, that actually may be. Like, oh, I have to go look up the studio. Disney may actually own that film right really? at this point that would like, be you, awesome people people do not realize how fucking gigantic and scary the disney media corporation really I mean, they is have just recently and they have they own marvel yeah aside from the mutants right like x-men and well, and, you know, depending on how this depending on how this 21st century fox deal goes down that 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 might come home to roost too because them and comcast are having a knife fight over it they'll probably have a license for all the pixar stuff Right, because some Pixar stuff is straight Pixar, right? No, Disney owns Pixar. Yeah, outright. Oh, they do. Yes. Oh, I did not know. Yeah, that. that's all Disney. Everything. I thought they split. like the head. The head no, the head. The head. The head of the head of Disney is actually a Pixar executive at this point. Gotcha. Yeah, so that'll all be on there. But I mean, I can't blame people for being excited because, like, I'm riding in the car with my kids and we want to watch the fucking Toy Story. You know, fortunately. The, the van that we bought has a DVD player, right? So as long as we have the DVD of Toy Story, we're okay. But if you don't have a DVD player, you have to find a way to watch it. And it, we've ended up buying, we've bought Toy Story, I think like six times now in our lives. We own it on VHS. Yep. We own it on iTunes. We own it on DVD. Um, and of course, there's multiple uh, Toy Stories. Blue, but Blu-ray. it's like, if you want to just stream it, it's it's really fucking difficult. You you kind of have to buy it on mm-hmm. Amazon, yep, permanently, and then stream it from Amazon services. I just want to like amazing, ridiculous point in time thing. You know, you talk about like you know you were talking earlier about just like how fucking media has, how media consumption has changed over time, and like just technology transforming things. George R. R. Martin has been working on finishing up a song of ice and fire. For longer than it took us to build from the first rocket to landing man on men on the moon. Like you're talking about Game of Thrones, Game right? Game of Thrones, yes. Like he's still not done yet. It's supposedly coming. And meanwhile they're like going to finish this story up in a seven season like an eight season T V series. But He's been working on that longer than it took people to fucking put the put you know like to get a rocket to go into space and then I'm going to go to another planetoid. And it's you know like everything's everything's getting faster. Everything has to be now. And that's the interesting thing to me is the te- the content is we're getting completely different standards of content. We're getting a lot of content that people love that is is of decent quality, but not it doesn't have the high production costs. You know where it's like. It's the people doing stuff at home, mm-hmm. right? In kind of these little mini studios, um, and it's cheap for them to produce. The it, and it's it's very fast to market, and then people can consume it very quickly. And then you have stuff like like the latest season of Westworld, which which is airing right now, which was like eighteen months to produce. Yep. 
I kind of agree, but I still don't think um, you can replace you can pl- completely replace quality and talent. Like, yeah, you've got these guys, not these guys, these people, whatever, who make these like Minecraft shows and their own. That that's not it's not comparable. It's a, it's a different thing. It's like, do you want a Ferrari or do you want a Pinto? Like, the Pinto well, will get you from A to B, but you drive the Ferrari, yeah. it's going to be a significantly different experience. Yeah, but it's more like. It's more like, sorry to talk over you here, it's more like a fucking jet plane versus that Pinto or whatever, right? It's the scale of production that we're talking about is more than a movie. It's more than a high-budget movie, some of these TV shows. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like, it's like you're right, it's not even on the same, it's not even on the same spectrum, but um, it's it's consumed. You know, the, the, the YouTube stuff is being consumed. Um, one station that every kid that I know watches and likes, and it's called FGTVers, and it's Family Gaming Television, FGTV, FGTVers. And it's a father and his kids, and they just fucking game, right? <clears throat> they just game. That's all they do. And the father, I believe he does it all himself, and he goes back and he edits the footage. He slows it down. So if he's shooting somebody, it might be... Um, you know, if he says something funny, he'll slow it down and then it'll be like, and when that's happening, like my kids are laughing their ass off. Like, like, like people, like people my age might've been laughing at friends or something growing up. Right. And for friends, it was a high production cost uh, show. What, what I'm curious about is, is that stuff still going to be around? Is there going to be like, like two levels of quality? One of them is you know, millions and millions of dollars, huge production. I mean, like you, you look at like you, you started this off talking about Black Mirror. Black Mirror is, is especially the latest season. I don't know how much Netflix spent on it, but they must have dropped a fortune on that show because it's a brand new cast every episode. And the, uh, it looks like each episode is filmed in a different city. And they have a lot of like, what I would assume is like expensive aerial shots, expensive special effects. Although aerial shots are probably getting cheap now with the advent of the drone. They used to all be done in helicopter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if they still are, if you still need a guy up there with a camera or if you can just do it with a drone. Um, Gunner's shaking his head. Drone. Drone. <laughs> but the production costs are clearly through the roof, yet I still have to convince somebody to watch it. Now, part of that's the content is very techie, but I still have to convince somebody to sit down and take the time to watch it, whereas it seems like with the, with the fast consumption videos, the, you know, the, the Facebook channels and the YouTube channels, um, people hop on really quickly. The one thing I haven't really seen grow that much outside of the gamers, although I was talking to a coworker today and he said it's actually pretty big for art, um, is Twitch. And that's one that you, you kind of yep. brought up. I don't consume Twitch myself, so it makes me a little biased. I think that nobody watches it because I don't watch it, and I mean, that's that's incorrect. But Twitch and Picardo are big for like like if you do art streams or like live performance stuff, is big there because YouTube YouTube has just been severely dicking the dog as far as being a platform for that. Yeah, YouTube doesn't really offer live unless it's for big big events, right? YouTube has turned into. The man YouTube has turned into corporate America essentially. Like they, 
<clears throat> their policies become more and more restrictive. Uh, Twitch still has restrictions for sure, but they're a little bit more liberal. Well, no, with and, the- and, and that goes back to this this whole thing too, where like you know you're talking about like how Amazon Prime has some of that duplicate content from YouTube, but Amazon Amazon's approach is that basically we're not going to have a single platform that tries to address the YouTube thing. We're going to work on it because Amazon bought Twitch. Oh, so. Twitch. I didn't know that. Wade's Twitch is their, yes, Twitch, is the, Twitch is their live streaming platform. And that's why you Amazon. asked if they had Twitch on there, huh? And he's nodding right now. No shit. So that makes a lot of sense. So that that is clearly a market that they're trying to get to then. They're trying to well, offer that. They own Twitch. Like, well, they own it, but they're not offering it on their own video platform yet, right? No, but you know. It would Twi- only make but, sense but, for them to. But Twitch is an optimized. Is there, is there a Twitch app for the Roku? Uh yes. Yeah, I would imagine there's a Twitch app for my Xbox. Yeah, yeah, that's how I consume Twitch most of the time. I, I mean, again, it, it's Twitch is pitched in a very specific content or context, and I mean, like you know, like Twitch actually hit you know, like you know, Twitch has a direct monetization model where like basically you you're, you can pay people per like as as part of that that stream. Right. Right. Yeah, if you want to watch like the live recording, you could charge people like a buck or something like that, right? Yeah, you know, they, that's not typically how it works. I believe does Twitch uh, pay their content creators per view or pure? How does that work? No, so the the way it works, I mean, like Twitch, some so some Twitch channels will have ads. It depends on the system too, because what you can have is effectively, it's an, it it's kind of like uh, coffee or something like that, where you're you're effectively you, you can you buy you buy privileges in the channel itself. Right, but you're also like that's you know like that like Twitch takes a cut of that transaction, right? But you have a, a, a tip jar that effectively you're throwing you're throwing at for stuff, or you want like special you want special features during because the you know that's the other thing too is that Twitch is very much kind of optimized around this idea of interactive broadcast. Did you? Because it is live. Yeah. Yeah. It's just slightly on topic to that. Did you see the guy that made the marble machine? It's like, I don't know, like 2,000 marbles, and he plays like a full song with it. Is that the one that was like the, 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 the I probably have, because there was, there was one where it was like this original like CGI demo that they had done back in the day, like it was this fantastical thing, and they, you know, because of just like how cheap 3D printing and everything else is, you know, like the, the computer controlled machinery to like manufacture this stuff has become... Someone actually was building that, like. Ding, 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 ding. I think this guy this did the- it, and th- he might have CNC'd it. He, there's a good chance he CNC'd it, but it was wood. The marble machine is made out of wood, but uh, it's it's just this huge, huge machine. He's sitting there pulling oh, the levers. It's the, yes, it's the, the, it's the giant. The marble yeah. falling down. It's the giant crank yeah. drummer or something yeah, like it's, that. it's 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 one of the it's it's one of the higher viewed videos on YouTube and it it shows up if you like watch some obscure music like you find some guy that has like a, a hundred string guitar since that's an obscure musical instrument like the fucking marble machine shows right up as well as the guy that plays the pipes with sandals right so that the, the reason i bring that guy up is because he was talking about monetization and because he had so many views um you know, because and because of the way that that YouTube was doing their monetization, YouTube's trying to jump on the Twitch bandwagon where people pay for premium access to his content. And what he came back with was, he said, "I won't." He just because the way he the way he believes in his fans, he's like, "I won't ever charge you 
to get to my content. Like you can get to it for free forever. And he says, but I have to offer perks to those who do donate. Um, and these are the perks that you're going to get. And uh, and I can't remember what they were, but it so was like- typically Twitch, um, it's a little bit different. I mean, YouTube does have live stream, but I would say Twitch is significantly more popular for live streaming, especially gaming or in IRL yes. stuff, in real this life This wasn't stuff. live either, what I'm talking about. It was, it was like- it was you could get on you could get access to his channel, um, and you get certain things like your name would be on the donations page and stuff like that. But you're supposed to offer them more perks, like you can give them exclusive content. Yep, right. Yeah. That's really the what they want to do is the exclusive content. It might only be available to subscribers um, right off the bat, and then it'll eventually be made to the public. He didn't believe in that, but he was describing that same thing with YouTube. Well, how Twitch does it is like a, an example. So, like I, one of the Twitch channels that I uh, I follow, mm-hmm. is you can either follow or subscribe. Subscribe, you're typically paying something. Mm-hmm. Um, following you can just you know you just watch their stuff so they'll have this ezekiel the third is one of my favorite twitch uh streamers um there are times during his gameplay where it's subscriber chat only so you can you you can chat in there yes yes but if you're not a subscriber none of your messages are going to get through so you're not going to get be able to really interact with the so yeah so you can chat during the live stream yes right so you almost like become part of permanent history with that you you are part of the show like you are absolutely part of the show and a lot of streamers do things like that i mean these guys have some pretty intricate stuff like they'll have their own websites where if you're a subscriber you get these special perks which enter you from like you know when one of their sponsors people that sponsors them sends them like I don't know, just a brand new headphone headset or something like that to raffle away. Like you get, you know, if you're a subscriber, you get to kind of get entered in the lottery for this stuff. So you really, there are like some legit and real perks. A lot of them, however, with Twitch revolve around fan interaction and being a, an active part of the show. Right. Whereas YouTube, like they said, they have live, um, live feeds and things like that. I just, they're not for some reason on that level you know yeah what I mean? no yeah no the only the only thing i've really seen live on youtube are major broadcasts like soccer um uh i think the olympics was interesting because it was advertised there but you couldn't consume it in the states i think it was when it was in britain yeah i mean youtube does have like some pretty good live feeds like uh actually uh very recently this past weekend and week uh, E3 was, I mean, was were, live on YouTube. There were live feeds all over from all different like channels. Like IGN's a massive one. Um, who are some maybe some other ones that would cover would have covered E3 live? Gunner. Well, I mean, you always have uh, super best friend, super best friends, that kind of stuff. Uh, Angry Nerd or, or Angry Joe, I should say. Angry Joe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Angry Joe and. Not not to be confused with the uh, angry video game nerd. Angry video game nerd. Who I who's that's the YouTuber that I prefer. <laughs> angry Joe shows okay, but angry video game nerd is significantly better content in my opinion. Um, speaking of E three, if you don't know what E three is, it's essentially <clears throat> it's would you say Gunnar? It's like a Pax East, but only uh, it's it's literally only concerned about video game developers slash uh, hardware. Providers. Yeah, I mean, like they've been be- they've been better about that. It, it used to just be kind of the the the, the general party slash trade show. It's like the adult video networking thing in Vegas, you know. Mm. Actually, I think they go on simultaneously too. No reason. <laughs> Is that true? 
Actually, they used to be out in Vegas. I think E3 is... Is E3 out in Vegas still, or is it in... That's a really good question. San Francisco at this point. I find that info out because I'm not exactly sure. Los Angeles. It's Los Angeles. Okay. Okay. Not far. I don't know this. I'm looking it up as you guys are talking. <laughs> no, but, but actually, no, I'm sorry. So the actually, I take that back. So the Consumer Electronics Show and the Adult uh, Film Festival. Like the AVNs? The AVNs okay. were, 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 were held at the same time in Vegas. Well, let's start by saying what E3 means. Electronic Entertainment Exposition. Yes, he's got it. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just know it as E3. <laughs> <laughs> I only picked it as my topic. Um, you gotta do the book. You gotta do the book work, Wade. You gotta do the book work. So E3 was kind of uh, interesting. So I'm I'm not gonna. Yeah, I mean I'm pretty much a Microsoft fanboy. I I like Microsoft. Um, I guess we can still be friends. <laughs> well, who? You're a PC master race. Like I, do you no. root for who? Do you root for that? Who's who is There's your? There's no one to root for in this industry at this point. All all the people that you root for are just people. Who, you know, it's again, it's either you die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain. So instead of picking a side, you're Gunner's just gonna, ability to dodge you're just gonna shit on anybody that. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> just shit on anybody that wants to pick a side. Did. Microsoft has some very interesting ideas on how things are going to go. And whether they're good or not, they are in a position to force that shit down people's throats. So it's not a matter so much of what I want. It's, it's, it's It's the, if I'm going to be fucked, I would at least like to reach around. But E3 covers both consoles as well as desktops, right? Uh, PC gaming really is kind of an afterthought. Yeah, it's is really, it? really not represented very well. Um, I mean, because I saw there, some there announcements from Intel this week. Were those not done at E3? No, that was the sing- that was the Singapore uh, tech. Oh tech. yes, yes, yes. That was the, that's the, right. You know, and, and again, like the, the 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 big thing with Intel. Although, did you, yes. So side side note, Intel just had another like epic panic meltdown level like fundamental processor flaw that even the new versions are not going to fix because why but um yeah Intel, it, they had the, the 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 28 core 5 gigahertz processor that they conveniently didn't me- mention that that's what caught my attention you need to oh, that was horrendously over 28 fucking cores that's well, it, what caught my attention so yeah pc never, master race motherfucker 28 cores F5, but did you see well, no. did you so see the 20 cores links? Oh, yes. 20. Do you see the cooling system on that damn thing, though? No, so so never mind. So the cooling system itself consumes something like 900 watts. Wasn't it? Did, weren't they running it through, like, liquid nitrogen or some bullshit no, because so, they couldn't keep it cold enough? So, yeah, uh, it's actually it's a black market cooler that is not allowed to be sold in any Western country at this point in most of Asia because it uses Freon as its actual refrigerant. <laughs> Because it will, it's like it's a this thing when it breaks is actually like a percentage of well, so this many people. Yeah, it's like it's like plutonium tracing. It's like when this device is cracked open to be recycled by some child with abnormally small hands in some Asian hellhole country. That uh, you know when it's free when it's toxic gases vent out into the atmosphere, these many people will die from skin cancer within so many years because of it. But yeah, it's so. Just to run the CPU is a thousand watts. 
just just to drive it that that fast they needed they needed another 900 watts of power like this is a bit of cooling for fate like a, a double phase change system and it was overclocked and you know it's just it's just <laughs> so and, is it essentially and, we're just doing this to show that we can do it oh no well, be, well that's what's interesting is intel does not did not want to announce it right well no the because the, the, well, it's it's part of like this like Effectively, Intel has nothing. So the the, the chip itself is because I was actually looking at its the, the Xeon that is actually that it actually is mm-hmm. for a separate workstation at some point, and it's like two two something grand. Mm-hmm. Um, totally worth it. Oh yeah, twenty eight threads. Well, but, but at the same time, it's like why? Because and again, where we're, it's just like the problem is is that Intel has not had to compete for so long. That effectively they have forgotten how to, and they're at a point where um, like all this weird sh- like AMD did not go out of business, which was not part of the plan, and you have this kind of confluence of factors where like the one thing that allowed Intel to like be like its abusive asshole self for the longest time was they owned these factories that made the chips. And they always could like go down, you know, like they always can make it. They could always make a, a smaller process for their chips. And the problem is, is that when AMD spun off their in-house fabs to this Global Foundries company, Global Foundries and Tai Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company are getting process leaps faster than Intel at this point, and AMD just contracts out to them. So. You know, and the thing is, is that Intel will not pay another company to make its CPUs. So we've been stuck on the same effective architecture for the last, like, six, seven years as far as Intel is concerned. And, you know, to, to, to get to that, even to get to that point, Intel was talking all this mad shit about how they had the 28-core, 5-gigahertz processor. Yeah, and what did AMD come And AMD with? is like, next, it's like... Uh, we got a thirty-two. What, did this start? They got a thirty-two core. Uh, they got a thirty-two and, and, core process. Well, and, and the thing was, is that <laughs> they, they no, it's, it's like no, it's, it's Threadripper. Yeah, no, the, yeah, it's thread, No, it's Threadripper too, because the, the, the because this is this, because this is this was this is the improved version of the one that they had already demoed. Because the thing was, is that Intel's enthusiast chip was like twelve cores at max. And Intel came or AMD came out with a 16 one, which I was looking at for the other works that you know. What's fucked up is you can't even run Windows. Like Windows only supports what is it, eight cores? Windows only, and I know we're jumping way off of E3 right now. Windows only supports, I think it's eight cores. So Microsoft had to release a server class version of Windows 10. Yes, it's called Windows 10. uh, I think it's called Windows 10 Professional. Yes, or something like that. which supports you know up to like thirty two cores, but fuck AMD is like yep yeah, okay well, I guess we're gonna have to stop at thirty two. No, actually, for a yeah, we bit. just we just enabled we, we yeah literally so we 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 fixed this thing so uh, we can turn on all of them in these desktop chips because our yields are so ridiculously good at this point that the ones that we were pricing as premium data center chips are no no they're all good so like and Intel yeah so. To, to give you a pricing model, the 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 Intel one is like three thousand, four thousand dollars. The thirty two, the thirty two core Threadripper, nine hundred. How much? Nine hundred. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not even. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, let's face it. I find it. It's kind of funny and ironic. Intel 
wanted to do everything in-house because it was the cheap way, and that way there was no competition. AMD uh, contracted people out and went to the lowest bidder or the, the the best bidder, I would assume, and they now have a better product. It's it's free enterprise. Free enterprise works. It really does. When no one's fucking around and colluding and trying to game the system, free well, enterprise works. That, and this is effectively... Uh, I got to go look his name up, but the... Uh, the dude who is, was the a, head of the Radian Technology Group. And so there is a designer who works at, who'd done a bunch of stuff for AMD. He used to work for DEC, but he's the guy who basically designed the Athlon XP and the Athlon 64. And basically, every time the AMD has ever had a successful, like, ridiculously profitable processor line, if you look back, it's this guy working on it. And is this the guy that quits constantly and then comes back? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, we, 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 the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just like, so that effectively, the, 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 what makes this even crazier is that Intel hired him after this last poop storm because they're going to have to effectively throw out 20-something years of company intellectual property, and it's the reason that they brought Raj over too because I don't know if you saw that. Uh, actually, that came out the, the, at E3 and that, 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 that Singapore conference. Intel's rolling out their own dedicated GPUs now. Like, they're, they're saying that they're going whole hog. 2019, they're going to have a Radeon and an NVIDIA competitive About graphics card. About time. It's better than buying a, fucking, buying a fucking computer with an Intel chipset, and you got the shittiest graphics on the block. Back to back to crazy gaming adventure, well, and actually, where this where this is kind of relevant. Crazy gaming adventure. Well, because so all of the consoles, mm-hmm. with the exception of Nintendo, because Nintendo's actually using, um, or the Switch uses uh, Nvidia, an Nvidia Tegra okay. system, which is like the same one that they use in like their the, the self driving cars and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's got a, like a Pascal GPU core and all that stuff. But the PS4 and the Xbox and whatever iterations they're doing are all based on AMD chips now. Okay, and that's where this Ryzen thing is. Is that like the like you know they have the PS they have the the PS4 Pro and the Xbox Xbox S. One S and X X. You know like they're they're the 4K the 4K ones, but they're already talking about the next version. And actually, this is one of the things that makes it even like funnier is that like for the longest time we've been throwing more cores at CPUs, but the programs themselves have been actually pretty dog poopy about utilizing them. Yeah, and. It's this push with the consoles themselves because everybody went to AMD, Jaguar knockoff chips, but they hit a maximum. De- they had a they had a, they hit a maximum like clock and core utilization rate, like the the, the threading models themselves, mm-hmm. and it's the gaming consoles that have effectively pushed multi-threaded programming into like an actual like okay we're actually gonna so- we're gonna write the tool sets to solve these problems and now it's kind of getting backported to the pc which is why you see like people it's not just like a hype thing it's why like oh actually we do need 32 threads on a desktop for right this job is because we can actually do something effective with this now so um so the hardware is getting better right new versions of the consoles are coming out um so right now the console is in a the console in general, aside from uh, Nintendo. So Nintendo has a Switch. Nintendo's uh, game plan has always been, not always been, but like they were kind of went gimmicky with the Wii or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wii U was just a massive failure. Um, but they're mostly about like the games. Like yeah. It's not about 
high high quality graphics or things like that. Gunner, you're going to object or no? Well, and actually, do you do you remember Nvidia had what they called the Shield? Yeah, which yeah, was their, absolutely. Like, and you know, like Nvidia has tried to do this whole thing, like we were going to make a gaming console, and it's like yeah. so a company who's never made a piece of gaming actually like an actual gaming platform. You know, they're you know like you have a video card, but like, and that's actually the Switch is effectively. What the what the shield was supposed to be, right? Which is that it's you actually had like a first party integrator, i.e. Nintendo, say here we know actually how to you know like to build the software stack and everything like that to make this a usable device, and you give it you give us non dog duty hardware to make this, and we will we will effectively build the platform that you discussed. Yeah, so Nintendo is it's there's still a touch of gimmick there, like it's like oh you can game anywhere except. It's not really a gimmick. Like it's legit gaming on the go. Mm-hmm. Like, but plus, that's but that's part of the existing Switch, right? Was that, that an announce? Did they make no, a new no, announcement? No. That's that's how. Yeah, that's how the Switch is. I mean, the Switch was just rolled out a year or two ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Switch is relatively new, but hardware specs not really in line with what the Xbox One X is mm-hmm. and the PlayStation Pro is. Now, the Xbox One X and the PlayStation Pro. Got a Pascal GPU core. I mean, like actually, it's better. It's better than the embedded GPUs that are sitting in the the Xbox and PS4 ones. The original point. Xbox yeah. One and PS4. True, but it came out. It came out when they essentially were announcing these mid-generation leaps. So the Xbox One X is is 4K, and the PlayStation Pro is 4K, and the Xbox One X has the top of the line specs, and the PlayStation 4, 4 Pro is. A little bit behind, but not really that far behind. It's weird, though, because Xbox, uh, one of the big announcements for Xbox that was exclusive anyway um, during the presentation was they've acknowledged that they are working on the new Xbox console. So the next generation mm-hmm. is now being developed now and probably will drop by 2020, did they say? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Scarlet. So, so they so they they show people this One X that you can't get your hands on yet, right? Yeah, you can get your One X. The One X is available okay. now. It has been for several months. Okay, that's, that's the fork. That's the that's like the model. one point. So if this generation was this past generation was was one that we're living right now, the Xbox One X is just one point five. Right, it's right. It's not like a two point Um, now is is Microsoft's philosophy to still to kind of still allow the same Xbox um, Xbox games? On the new platform, so they, I think Microsoft learned their lesson. Everything is going to be backwards compatible. Everything's backwards well, and, compatible. You know, even that, like you get deeper under the covers. That so Nintendo is going to have some interesting stuff going forward, depending on how they did the video stuff on the Switch. But uh, it, Microsoft and P- Sony, because they went with those AMD chips. Their whole video stack line is based around uh, what they call uh, GCN, which is their like general compute network or something. I don't know what the heck the N stands for, but it's the it's the it's the it's the video rendering model that AMD or Radian uses. Mm-hmm. So all of their chips are backwards compatible. So if you write GCN code once. It will work on every iteration of their, like you know, like the G. So effectively, you can run. That's why they they were so popular for Bitcoin mining and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So as long as you write a, G, as long as you write it in a GCN compliant renderer, mm-hmm. I can use, I can, I can, I have instant backwards compatibility out of the gate. So if they go, you know, like you, I'm they, like hesitantly nodding with what you're talking about. Well, <laughs> well no, no, 
Well, because why the why the big thing is is that you know you're talking about like you have these thirty two fucking core, you know, like the 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 current ones are four. I think they're four core chips or something like the, the, yeah. the ones the bot the Xbox. I think so. But you know, like the effectively, yeah. I'm mean, like you, these are like the APU. You know, like the the crappy laptop, and you know, like the the, the 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 boosted versions of that. The new ones that they had, they did like process improvements from Ryzen and stuff like that, but they didn't change the chips themselves too much. But the next version have all these like crazy advances that they, you know, like they're talking seven nanom. I mean, like the 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 cost to bring feature sets into these new devices is finally like on like exponent, you know, like the exponential down curve again. Well, that's that's what's interesting about what you're talking about with the backwards compatibility, and if if, if the majority of platforms are offering it. That's something a little bit new. So we were talking about like PC Master Race. One thing PC's always offered is you can always run your old games. Well, then I so a lot of people that have PC like PC because you can download, you can pretty much go back to DOS if you want to. You can download an old DOS game. If you have the CDs laying around, you can pop them in your computer and play them. But when it comes to the consoles, uh, you really don't get that compatibility. It, I mean, even like like if you look at the old cartridges, and then they went to the CDs, and then when they went to the the mini DVDs, and then the full size DVDs, and I mean, it depends on what platform you're using. But the compatibility hasn't really been that great. So, but it's all downloaded now, right? I mean, games are all downloaded. Wade's nodding his head. For the head. most part, yeah. Like you can still buy physical copies. I don't see the point. I any mm-hmm. new game I purchase online and download it because I downloaded it 400 megs a second. So. I don't know, you know what I mean? If I was at a shittier, like a really bad internet connection, hey, like Gunner is at home. But even if you buy the... the it might take forever. You, yeah, even if you buy like the 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 CD or DVD or whatever they whatever format they ship on, I assume it's like a like modified Blu-ray. version of Blu-ray, yeah. yeah. Even if you buy the Blu-ray out of the, uh, like you go to Walmart and grab it, you still are going to still, you're still going to have gigs and gigs worth of updates, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fixes... Like day one fixes, things like that. Day one patches and things like that. Sure. The backwards compatibility is interesting, especially like, um, you know, you talk about 4K. A lot of the hardware specs bumping up have got to be just to support that. Right, Gunner? I mean, there there's a certain truth to that. I mean, again, it, it's actually this gets into this gets into this weird thing where um, GCN, the way that it does the render, you know, like the way that the rendering engines work in that, there's not as much as a penalty. But, you don't see the compute penalty from going from a 1080p to a 4K necessarily because they're the really the big the biggest difference is like doing all the texturing and stuff like that you know because you, and they're they're optimized for that particular problem set right 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 so it's it's more just if you get you get more RAM so that you can like th- you know you get higher speed RAM so you can throw more textures up there faster and stuff like that um you know that's that's the other thing you know the other thing is that like they're real cheap on the memory and these bo- you know like they try and shave the cost off the memory in these boxes cuz they don't want to mix and match stuff cuz like on a PC you have super fast RAM for the memory you know the video and you have like slower RAM for the system CPU and on the bo- the Xbox and whatever I mean, like you might have like a cache or something like that but most of it's just system memory, and they're hijacking the two. But um, and I mean, like, yeah, this this isn't necessarily E three thing, and this is this is way divulging. But it gets into this whole thing, like where they're 
AMD or like Radian and NVIDIA are kind of going to the same solution to the problem, which they have what they call like high bandwidth memory, mm-hmm. which is like this 3D matrix stuff. So it's like it doesn't matter that it doesn't have it doesn't matter that it's not a big pool of it. It's just it can push data in and out of it so fast mm-hmm. that there isn't a transaction, you know, like there isn't a transaction penalty and that like it, it effectively infinitely scales. Right. So it's the same cost to do a 1080p or a 4K or an 8K. Interesting. Scene run. Now, have you guys played any of the video games on 4K yet? No, I don't have a 4K TV. Because I remember, I don't either. And somebody, I think it was one. I think it was my brother, was asking. He's like, "Hey, I'm buying a new TV. I don't need 4K." And I'm like, "Why the fuck wouldn't you buy 4K? Like, it's everything is going there. Why wouldn't you buy it now?" But I don't know. I. I, I don't ha- I don't consume anything 4K because I don't have the the closest thing is the Mac that we're using right now to record. Um, it can it's pretty close to 4K if it's not 4K. It's a it's got the Retina display, so it's the same density as like an iPhone screen, except it's you know 13 inches. So that's the closest that I can relate to it. But I'm not consuming anything at 4K except for like you know the the, the desktop of the computer. If I go on like Netflix or something like that, um, I don't even think they push their content 4K. I think you got to pay extra right now. Yes. Yeah, so I'm not even getting, like, if I were to watch Netflix on here, I wouldn't even be watching it 4K. So I don't even know how much better it would be. But I remember the jump from, like, the 320 and 640Ps to 1080P. And I was like, holy shit. And when I'm walking through, like, Walmart, of course, their promos are going to be 4K, right? They want you to see everything. And I cannot... Like, I cannot believe the level of detail in that fucking picture. So when it comes to video games, it seems like it would be really, really nice, especially with the with the shooter games, where just catching, like, a glimpse of a small movement in the corner can be the difference between you being alive and you dying. Well, and actually, the, the, the big thing on that front, and actually, so this is where the Xbox, you know, the, the Pro, and or the, the X, and the PS4 Pro come in, too, is that... Um, because they use those AMD CPUs mm-hmm. and those Radeon graphics, um, actually, Sam, I think Samsung just came out with the first one. So they uh, two things, which is that they have a thing called FreeSync, which effectively controls their rendering pipeline so that it won't it won't drop frames or it won't do like partial renders. Mm-hmm. It'll actually interactively interrogate the t- the, the the TV. Mm-hmm. To sync up its its refresh cycle sure. to every frame, and the new version of HDMI basically encapsul the new standard for HDMI basically encapsulates this as part of it, and that's really where the you know like your, your biggest improvement as far as experience goes is like if I the number of the number of actual maximum frames I can render. Isn't that just VSync though? Hasn't that been around forever? Well, no, but VSync is even like based on this idea that like sixty hertz. Mm-hmm. Like you want to drive a hundred, like there there are games that actually like you want to like. Uh, I think the free sync limit is somewhere around a hundred and eighty hertz, and uh, Nvidia has their own proprietary technology that's somewhere like two twenty, two sixty, somewhere in there. But VSync has always been capable of that, right? It's just the no. underlying technology. No, I'm saying VSync in general, right? The concept, you're a video game manufacturer. You don't give a shit what the monitor refresh is. You're going to sync with that. Well, the problem, though, is that the video cards and the monitors haven't supported it, right? Well, no, v- the game v- engines could always go higher than 60. VSync will just... V- VSync is effectively... It will. It, that's the one where it doesn't like. It tries to minimize screen tear, tearing. Isn't that the same thing? No, because what this is is what this is doing is that it actually will tell the card, don't don't try and write. 
I've interpreted where this frame, the next frame that this is going to be. Don't bother rendering this. So it's like, I'm at this cycle. I can tell what, you know, like you're going back and looking at, okay, the predictive game logic says that this is actually what you're going to see in the next thousandth of a, two thousandths of a second. I'm not actually going to be able to finish rendering the the inter the the interleaving frame in the video. Don't bother with it. I'll fi- we'll, we'll negotiate between the two of us. Start on the next one. So it never has that tier. It's basically it's cute. It, you know, is it's like um it's like the interrupter gear on like an old like World War One machine gun thing where it, like it, to keep it from shooting through the prop. V-Sync is. I'll just bludgeon through. You know, like the the, the difference between the, the difference between the two is that V-Sync is the old solution, which is they just they used to just put stuff to keep the prop from getting chopped up when the thing was going firing through it. FreeSync and G-Sync are I will stop firing when I know that there's something that's going to block this, and I will just go to the next I one. Don't, I, I don't know if I comprehend. Do you comprehend? I don't know about the World War One gun. Um, Sorry, I don't have I don't have I don't, have, I don't have a modern more modern <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> That's ironic in itself. <laughs> so there, we need another World War One fighter airplane game, man. Um, Skies of victory, <laughs> dudes like duking it out with some revolvers and this. But 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 to a consumer, <laughs> and kites. What you're describing, if you were to summarize it in layman's terms, um, and I'm sorry to make you do that. I know it. It's kind of against your grain, um, but in layman's terms, I think what you're saying is that the uh, that the actual frame for frame quality to the consumer is going to be better than anything they've seen before. Yes, and a lot of games, the logic themselves, the logic, the logic, the, the construct, the constructed reality that you're dealing with is very much dependent on that idea of like i'm locked in i'm i need to have these actions occur within this certain time span vr is a huge benefit of right frame, right, frame right, sync. right because any any discontent just immediately starts the puke fountain <laughs> <laughs> oh um so to get back to um the e3 and the microsoft because that's the part that you said that you were the most uh, interested in. What other um, what other items of E3 did you see um, as interesting, innovative? So <clears throat> E3 had obvious, pretty obvious um, winners and losers. Uh, people that did a good job, people that did a bad job. And the thing that's kind of interesting with E3, there's always like the big three console mm-hmm. guys like Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. But you also have like developers there. That are just standalone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say what I what I took away from Microsoft that I found was potentially exciting um, was their acquisition of some key developers and creating some some new development teams Ninja for Ninja Theory, right? Yeah, for like what and was for it? Ninja Theory, I yes. think was the name of the um, new developer or the new studio. I don't know if it's they're creating it or they purchased no, it. No, they they bought they bought Ninja. They Theory. bought Ninja Theory. So the problem that Microsoft essentially, in my opinion, and I don't think it's even if, if it's even arguable, they lost the console war this past generation. They got really? their ass kicked in by Sony, and a big driving factor of that, Sony just had more exclusive IPs. Like they just had, they they went all in on it and said you can only get these games on Sony PlayStation, and they were good games, a lot of them. <clears throat> and Microsoft kind of was spinning their wheels and. 
when they have fin- that when they finally late in this console because we're we're late in the con- in this console generation mm-hmm. at this point specifically with Microsoft announcing by 2020 you're going to have a new console a new generation of console right um, they got it in out late and they did a poor job uh, you know their IPs that were supposed to be really interesting like see if these thieves was a really big one state of decay 2 was a really big one that i i personally was very very excited for mm-hmm. and they're just fucking terrible they're just not good at all well but you also have this fundamental pro- actually this goes back to the, the start of this com- the start of this whole podcast because the fucking xbox one was originally designed to be a fucking tv tuner that you could play video games on and sony was like well shit business is tanking i guess we'll just Let's let's just make the best game box we can, and maybe it's been it's been fun, guys. And it's you know the the PS4 approach turns out to have been the yeah. fucking correct one. Yeah, you never know that though, right? And and for, well, as a consumer, like I'm not as interested in the games myself, um, not because I don't want to play them, but just because of it's not how I it's not how I spend a lot of my time. A lot of my spare time is spent watching television. So when Xbox originally made those announcements, which I, I feel like they haven't really they never really followed through with, which is probably a good idea. Um, I was going to get the Xbox One just so that I could use it for a uh, a set-top box. I wanted it to be my media center. I didn't really... The, the games were just a, an added bonus, but I thought that you know, being able to sit down, I don't care if I have to use an Xbox controller or a fucking TV remote to control it. Um, to me, it seemed nice as a media center. Um, and one of them was, like you said, like if, if it had like like the tuner capabilities and the DVR capabilities out of the box, then I then I would have sprung for it. I don't think they ever they ever followed through on those. Yeah, boxes, no, they've though. got they came in with a DVR out of the box and a tuner out of out of the box. Do they? Yep. So you can plug an antenna into an Xbox One. I can plug in my my cable box was plugged into my Xbox. One. Your cable box was yes, that's correct. Right, yeah, yeah. I, as far as yeah, the, the like the digital antenna, I don't know. I know I don't have really enough experience with it. I'm not exactly sure how that would how that would go. Um, and it's it's a weird market too, right? Because it's dying. What's that? The it's shriveling up the whole the, the dig- whole like, idea of DVR, the idea of tuning into well, a channel. The, the, the DVR because is a contrivance based on the idea that somehow the media is not uh, like available. It's not available immediately, right? So you have to record it the only time that it is available. Right. Yeah. So that concept is slowly dying, and you don't hear too many people talking about it. Um, but uh, yeah, that 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 attracted me to it from from a consumer perspective. I didn't end up getting one. I ended up doing most of my tuning with a with a Mac actually. Yeah. But uh, um, so that's interesting to hear you say that they're that they kind of lost that last war. Yeah, I mean they they really got their asses handed to them, and it's just uh, and there's it's like they there's so much the promise. X. There's so much things to get excited about, and then like a, a really really I think the probably the biggest disappointment. Um, was, there was a game called Scalebound, mm-hmm. which, which oh fucking fucking a <laughs> the quintessential. Okay, yeah, you go Scalebound. I got my own like because Scalebound's the quintessential fucking example of not fucking getting it. So 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 rewind a little bit and tell me tell me more about this. Um, do you remember who the studio was that was developing Scalebound, Gunner? It was that was Platinum Games. Platinum Games, huge okay. developer. Um, it was essentially a. The gist of it is you had a pet dragon and you just fucked shit up with like three of your friends. Three okay. different dragons, a lot of customizable options, a lot of customizable fighting styles, a big open world. Um, like a MMO, but not really as big a scale like that. Like mm-hmm. 
more narrative driven, more story driven, but it was a co-op um, thing, and it essentially co-ops are fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's like the future, right? Like, and, and it's now. Um, but Microsoft just every time the tech demo would come out, it would look beautiful and gorgeous, and people are kind of like, "When's it coming out? When's it coming out? When's it coming out?" Mm-hmm. And I don't know the intricate details, but it definitely sounds like Microsoft dick the dog on this. No, so, so did they never release it? So no, so Mike, so like double fucking plus. So platinum is kind of the quintessential guns for heart. Platinum is like the wolf from Pulp Fiction, where you just call that they're the wrecking crew. Like if you need, like basically, if you need something, like. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll finish a sentence here. Platinum, <laughs> Platinum Games is like they have three things, which is that effectively they are a developer that is so crazy talented that effectively there is a genre based off of them because just their their ability to crank out these these the graphics, mm-hmm. the user experience, and everything like that. Like they're the 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 the. They're in a league of their own. They're in a league of their own. They're Effectively, a, they're who, uh, what you compare other things to. Yes, they're their own thing. They're they're the crew that was built from guys who just got tired of dealing with bullshit managers at like mm-hmm. all of these like Capcom, Konami, you know, like all of the like really talented guys who didn't have other options. It's like it, it, they're the traveling Wilburys of, of game developers. So the hype on this game was high, but yes. what happened? So the gist is that. Um, Microsoft had Platinum on the hook to make uh, Scalebound. Platinum sunk a bunch of money and developer time into Scalebound Mm -hmm. and pushed off other projects to work on this. Mm -hmm. And at the last minute, Microsoft was, they didn't want, they they felt that the game was too Japanese and didn't want to publish it on their their device, which is doubly fucking damning because they just bought Ninja Theory. Well, because there's a different, there's a, there's kind of these different feels. Mm-hmm. So American gaming is very much based on this concept of like Battlefield, mm-hmm. you know. Or, uh, I don't I don't play any of these freaking like shooter games, like, like Call, of Call of Duty, very like straightforward. Um, I don't want to say like not really any thought provoking, but a lot of it is like non thought provoking, like. Uh, an example I would say American um, gaming would be like yeah like your Battlefield Call of Duty um, Japanese would be like more like Metal Gear Solid um, well you know Metal Gear Solid uh, it, it, you talk about that it's like Revengeance yeah which is but you know like I, I, I guess the thing is it, because this is a very difficult this is a very difficult kind of style game to make and Platinum has made a bunch like come on and actually there is a uh, game that they did so there was a cleanup game that they that uh, Sony actually paid them just to keep them from going under like I, I like maybe you know like and again you can say that you can say that like there's a certain level of ridiculousness and they always want to make money but you have these three publishers you have these three big companies that effectively will say like I know you guys are struggling right now Here's a little mud. Here, yeah, here, we here's need here. you. We need you, right? We we need you. You can't go. No, yeah. it's here, like it's like it's like I keeping a car manufacturer from going I don't, under, right? I, I, mean, I don't. I don't want you. They're, yes, they're needed for the industry. Um, and actually, yes, because exactly that. Because the platinum, competition, the quality, um, the industry relies on them, and they're like, yeah, we're going to keep you going. So so Microsoft, Microsoft tanked the whole thing. 
because they because they thought the gameplay the, the, was well, they had an exec, they was had a, was too Japanese and the whole thing got canceled. Yes, they had an executive who basically because the 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 other problem was is that effectively Xbox was written by was run by people who hated video games. Mm-hmm. And the other thing which comes into this is that they fucked the last fucking Halo game. Which they paid. A, they played another vent. So yeah, what happened they had, with that? They had, they, had, they, had, they, had, they had the situation with Bungie. Mm-hmm. They had the falling out with Bungie. Bungie, although Bungie's like kind of its own weird yeah, company. Yeah, fuck at Bungie because they didn't. They it's not like they're the good guy or they're like the, oh poor Bungie. Like they're just. So they had they 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 hired this other studio to make the new Halo game. But the mm-hmm. thing was is that the studio that they hired mm-hmm. had no one on it who'd ever played a Halo game. And hated like you know like you, so you it looked it. like Halo. Well, no, because in in like it, it looked it like Halo, but without a soul. And you mm-hmm. know you can say you can you can bash on the story. You can bash on this as, as much as you want. And it's you know like I said, these these are things made by people, and games are games. And you can say the silly thing, but like Microsoft, one of the things that Microsoft had pushed consistently in the narrative is like because Halo is effectively like their one of their brand anchors. Absolutely. And yeah, they you, had built you, this you install whole... Windows 10. It's got it's got the branding. It's got the Halo. It's got the Minecraft. It's got the Isn't branding. Isn't thing called all Cortana? Like that's a Halo. Yeah, like character. their fucking OS is based around. <laughs> I didn't know Cortana originated yes, inside Cor- Halo. Yes, Halo One, that is, man. That is, really? that is yeah. Master Chief's AI AI companion slash digital assistant. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's no, who Cortana that's, is. Yeah. yeah. That's that's embracing the game. It really her is. Her fucking voice. So, her fucking voice on the so, space. So you're saying you're saying this dragon game they tanked. And then Halo they tanked. Halo it, did they, they Halo they didn't tank. They didn't. No, but they hired a studio that didn't really know what Halo well, well, was. They, I, I'm sorry, tank is the wrong word. They didn't tank it, but they didn't execute it properly. They did not execute it properly. No. They there didn't were, they didn't they didn't retain they didn't execute, the loyal Halo fan base. They didn't that execute, fell in love with the game to begin with, right? That's really Yes. Because this is where when you talk about the console wars and you talk about like PlayStation or Sony winning, it's because it's because Microsoft number one isn't getting new people, but number two isn't retaining the people that they already have. They made right? a Halo game. They made a Halo game that's the equivalent of doing a Super Mario game that was just about Toad. Right. Like calling it Super Mario, like you know, like the whole thing is that they pitch the story about like it's about Master Chief and him dealing with these. By the way, that things. sounds like a fantastic Mario game. Well, actually, they. Did, I want to know more about they, fucking they, Toad. They, they, they did make it. Uh, it's the, the it's the the general, and it's awesome because it was it was on the Wii the Wii U, mm-hmm. and it is a Mario game that you can't fucking jump in. Oh. I, it's a ma- It's just the whole concept crazy. of it is just him manipulating the environment because he is too fucking heavy to jump. Man, it reminds me of, and I'm changing topics. Um, I just, I just, I just downloaded Cuphead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Never deal with the devil or yeah, something like, something like that. Yeah. Holy fuck, that's a hard game. Yes. Yeah. It's Holy the Dark Souls fuck. of platformers. That's <laughs> insane. It's 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 it's. it's, it's but you know that's but strange problems like like with that game like like you know you gotta it's like the side scroller thing right but like the first level you die like instantly like it's like you st- there is no like Mario one you kind of like breeze through the first level you have to jump over a couple of pits but you get the gameplay by the end like the first fucking level in Cuphead like is is very difficult and uh, yeah I, I I was I was not prepared for that. For that level of, of difficulty, but the what was really interesting about it is the way that 
if you play it on the PC, the way the keyboard works, you know, you're like you're like shooting with one key and fuck that, and running with another key. No, and um, and I, I've been, you know, I've been, I've been doing the keyboard thing with some other games, so I'm kind of used to it. But the problem is, is you hit the maximum amount of key presses when you go to do like one of the jumps, and it, you actually have to let go of another key in order for it to register like like the dash button and stuff like that. That's a fucking tough ass game. I can't even imagine. I think it would be better with a console, but it's still gonna. It's still gotta be ridiculous. It's super. It's super difficult. Yeah. When you beat a level, it fucking gives you a grade to tell you how shitty you did. Yes. Yeah, that's nothing new though. I mean, that was in that was an old like Sega beat 'em ups. No. Well, no, but yeah, I mean, like that. That's the that's the arc. You know, again, like you you get back to like funny thing too because that's effectively that that mechanism. Platinum is not the one that invented that. But that's where all those guys eventually ended up yeah. working. But um, Sergeant uh, Captain Toad Treasure uh, Treasure Tracker is the one that I was talking about. Oh, okay. But and that's for the that's for the Wii U. That's for the Wii U. And you can't jump. But well, yes, yeah, so it's, it's a hard thing. You know, again, it's like it's just weird making a Mario. That's the core mechanic of Mario. The other thing that surprised me, and I'm going to go to the one game that I've bought in the last fucking five months, which is fucking cuphead um i bought five nights at freddy's to the original one just because i want to mm-hmm. see what it's like both of those games won't they're like windows only mm-hmm. they're like console and then only windows and i don't i don't get it and it really has nothing to do with e3 but it does have to do with video games steam doesn't yell at you right so i got steam like it's running on mac or whatever i click the buy button it doesn't say, oh, hey, by the way, you won't be able to fucking play this once you buy it. Well, I don't know if you've been following the news on that. Uh, Valve effectively said, fuck you people, so deal with it. Like, they've abandoned any curation whatsoever or monitoring on Steam because they just they said they can't be bothered. Oh. So, like, there's no content advisory, anything like that. It's just we're... Interesting. We're just, we're just a platform for accepting money. We will let you put whatever fucking trash up you want because... Right. We can't come up with something. We can't come up with something reasonable. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's got to be too tough, anyways. I mean, the Google Play and um, and Apple App Store both suffer the same issues, right? They try their hardest to vet out companies before they give them access to publish, but you still hear every fucking week about some goddamn virus that was pushed up to the goddamn App Store. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's on console too. <clears throat> the fucking PUBG debacle that well, is on Xbox One. Yeah. What's going on with that? Blue Hole, if you someone or anyone hears this, I want to fucking beat you all the fuck up badly. If you are in the fuck sound you guys. of my voice. Who? So Blue Hole is this company. <clears throat> so Blue Hole. These guys are cunts too. You know what? Let's just go all into it. Let's just fucking go into it. Off of E3 for now. Let's talk about this bullshit. So I think we touched on this where uh PUBG was suing Fortnite. Did we talk about that in a previous podcast? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Okay. So Blue Hole um, <clears throat> makes this Battle Royale game, and they're going to come out exclusively on Xbox. It was going to be one of the Xbox exclu- exclusives. It is. <laughs> it's a game preview because it's not a complete game, and it has been so laggy and fucking shitty and not optimized at all and runs like fucking garbage and crashes constantly and doesn't render fucking buildings and shit like that. 
it's just a complete fucking mess. Well, mm-hmm. you, you know, and that and it's absolute dog shit on AMD CPUs and video cards too, which I can't understand why that would be a problem on an Xbox One. Oh wait. <laughs> but so they release this game that's not optimized. There's a ton of problems and bugs. And they're releasing. They just released in this this desert map, Miramar. But whilst they're they've they accepted all this money from all these Xbox users, and they're just they're not fixing the problems well enough or acceptably enough. And they're going into all these different ventures. Like this is fucking sad. This is how sad it is. I can run a mobile version of PUBG on my cell phone. Better. Than significantly better. Then on the Xbox, and my cell phone does a ton of other shit and has other yeah. processes going on. That's all the fucking Xbox does. It's a joke, and it's terrible. And, I mean, just adding insult to injury. So, so Blue Hole, is, are they the company that produces PUBG? Yes. Okay. And and you're saying that Xbox One version of PUBG is unfucking playable It's not unplayable, but it's really... I mean, it's flawed so it's badly buggy. that were it a AAA title, mm-hmm. it would be almost completely unacceptable unless EA fucking let, put it out. Let, let's, fuck let's, EA. Let's, 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 <laughs> no, okay. Let's get dollars to donuts here. Fucking pub player, play, you know, player unknown battlegrounds is really not acceptable as a game. Period. Like it's bugger than fuck. It's buggier than fucking Daisy. You know, like it is. It is just garbage. It's one of the things. Like it, this. It, that's what makes that hilarious. That lawsuit with fucking Fortnite even more hilarious because Fortnite's problem is not that it's like stealing the ideas. It's a. It's a, It's a version of PUBG that actually fucking works. Right. It's right. And, and don't get me wrong. It's 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 like a car company getting pissed that the fact that oh we we were the first person to bring a car out but we didn't bother putting a fucking brake pedal in it and the second company that the second company to, to do it wasn't that called did. the Yugo? Actually, it's it's actually Henry Ford. But yeah, yes, the Yugo the Yugo had anti lock brakes mm-hmm. because they could never they, they never <laughs> actually. <laughs> but it's just I didn't mean to go off on a tirade there, but it's no, it is dog it it, it is dog shit. It's unacceptable because here's the thing: it's game breaking. So you understand. I explained already how the battle royale works. It's yeah. you whittling people down mm-hmm. to be the last survivor. Greg and I, Greg, uh, shout very, out to House. Shout out, shout out to House, a shout, friend shout of the in. show, lovely individual that I game with shout on Xbox. We'll be in the top like five or four. This has happened three times. I'll be running to the final circle because if you or running to the second to final circle, whatever. Because if you're not in the circle, the poison or whatever kills you. It's called in the blue, and it, you, you die rapidly. Right, mm-hmm, your health mm-hmm. just starts bleeding. I'll be running, running, running. Then out of nowhere, the game will just black screen, <laughs> kick me out. I gotta reload by that time, and it's not like oh, you reload in like 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Reload three minutes in, which three minutes in a fucking in this game. You're dead. You're done. Right, and, and you're stuck in wherever you were. Right. Oh no, you're not stuck. You just keep going. You just keep going oh, in the direction. Oh, you just blindly run? Blindly run. Dude, d- does that mean as you're playing, you just see people like darting across yes, the screen just going running nowhere? T- t- with no rhyme or reason. That's so funny. But it's like, it's literally... <laughs> the runaway people. So like, you've done all this work to get to the final whatever, to win. Mm-hmm. And then the game has nothing to do with skill, has nothing to do with poor decisions, has nothing to do with user input. Just bump, fucking gone. And instead, so this is, and this is Blue Hole, this is what they say. To prevent this, every hour or so, you should turn off the game 
you should quit right. the game and come back into it. Right. But guess what, you fucking losers? This shit will do this. This game will quit out on black screen within the first, like, three minutes of the game. Right. There's, it's like there's no rhyme or reason. Right. You're just praying whilst you're playing. Please, please, please don't let this crash on me. Please don't a, let this crash on me. It's a classic buggy app. Yeah, but it's like... It's game breaking, right? Like, well, that's the problem is that well, the recovery. There's no. There's no quick recovery when the whole fucking thing crashes. And right. the fundamental problem with it is that the one upside, the one point of console gaming, was this is was this was supposed to be a managed experience, and this wasn't supposed to be how the way this goes. The other thing, like fuck one at the one that was when the right. one the console was, is supposed to break these. Pro- it's supposed to prevent these types of problems. With a PC, you kind of expect it because you're pushing your. Yeah, if your rig is, is shit or whatever, then maybe it will bug out and right. fucking die. Right, so, like we I play Bendy with my kids and uh, Bendy and the Ink Machine, and the, the the graphics engine that it uses performs very poorly on my Mac and I have a pretty fast Mac but it doesn't have a very fast video card and in whatever graphics engine they use does not make use of the video card very well and it's very slow but what I do is I know I just go in every time I open up the game I go in and I turn all the fucking effects off I turn the resolution down and it, it runs smoothly but you know at a at a a slightly downgraded experience but PC users I think they've kind of grown accustomed to tweaking Tweaking the experience to match their hardware. Consoles, you should never have to fucking do that. Right. Gunnar, what, were you, what point were you going to make? Well, I was going to say, like, didn't the, the Halo collection... The Halo collection came out for Xbox One, right? The Master Chief collection. Yeah. Yeah. Which was premium product from Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Unfucking usable out of the box. Really? Unfinished. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the equivalent of, like, selling a collector's DVD set and, like, realizing... Oh, we actually put we actually like pushed code out on these discs that's unrunnable on any of these devices. They never updated it, and you had to do like a fifty gigabyte download to patch this thing. But they eventually fixed it, though. But it's it's too little, too late, and unfortunately, this has been the Microsoft narrative for this current console generation. Right. I actually feel bad. I'm shitting on Microsoft right now because I thought they had the best E three presentation, Mm -hmm. but frankly, it's this. Rare is a perfect example. Rare games. Rare's been around since the 90s. Like, they made Battletoads. They have pissed away so much potential with Rare. Like, Rare is a great developer. They are an an amazing developer. And they acquired Rare. And they've just... They've mismanaged them poorly. They've rushed them. Like, this Sea of Thieves, Thieves game was Rare's baby. Like, it was... And it looked... The concept was great. It was essentially a a MMO co-op co-op game where you and three or six other or five other buddies were pirates and you could run a ship and like it was one it was one, it was a one piece game where you didn't have the devil fruits yeah like that's an anime reference Q, Q <laughs> reference trace has no idea to what reference the fuck we're talking about episode one or two of our podcast um and it was look it looks beautiful and they release it and, and here's the big thing Microsoft with Microsoft Game Pass, which essentially is the Netflix of video games for Microsoft specifically, mm-hmm. it was going to be free. So you've right. got like a potentially sixty dollars game that's going to be free if you have this Game Pass, which means tons of people playing it. And the first week it drops, and people are done with it after a few hours. Wow! There's like there's nothing to fucking do, and the combat's not really satisfying. The controls aren't satisfying. The, throw, the throwaway shit in freaking Assassin's Creed was a more a more fun a fun pirate game. Yeah. Than- so it sounds that. like it sounds like they have some problems with follow through, 
and some problems with quality control, right? Well, because again, why would they allow why would they allow Bluehole to release to release such a large title for their platform, but have it unplayable? It seems like it the would answer? ruin it would ruin the uh, the reputation of the entire platform because people are going to be waiting in line for the game, right? The, the answer. Um so to Blue Hole specifically, why they would allow that to go through is because, uh, well, what's 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 the zombie? What's what's the battlegrounds that's on Sony right now? Um, Fortnite? No, no, no. Uh, it's like World Wars. It's like oh fuck, I'm an idiot. it's not Daisy. Daisy, yeah. Well, I think yeah, Daisy was releasing. It's a Sony exclusive, mm-hmm. and it's a it's exactly almost pretty much identical to Battlegrounds. Mm-hmm. And Sony, once again, didn't have its own IP. They didn't push that narrative, and they were behind, behind, behind. So they're pushing these. Actually, Days Gone is the. No, not Days Gone. Gone. It's, 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 uh, I thought, I'm pretty sure it's Day Z. Um, look up Battlegrounds game for Sony if you Google it, if I'm getting it wrong, which I might be getting it wrong, but it was coming out. Mm-hmm. It was going to be coming out. And Sony had to figure something out. And unfortunately, them figuring out was pushing a fucking game that wasn't ready. And that's been the narrative with these IPs that it's just... Sony, Sony... Or, no, no, I'm sorry, Microsoft, Microsoft was pushing did. these. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Like, it's just... It's frustrating because you yeah, have such high They think the money is going to correct the problem sometimes, right? They think that if they sell enough, it's like the startup problem, right? You have a really cool idea, and as long as you, as long as you uh, are quick to market... You'll eventually it'll eventually fix itself, but it sounds like it sounds like they fucked up too many titles, too many times in a row. They're too obsessed with getting there first. So they're, so Microsoft is losing is losing the game battle right now for the console. They're done. But, this but this what, generation they can't recover. But what you say they're done permanently? No 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 they're done with this generation with, with the One X you're saying the Xbox One. Is over. Scarlet, Scarlet. I believe codenamed Scarlet. I think is the new Xbox for the next generation. Mm-hmm. That they could win. And what I found, what I the, what I took away from Microsoft's presentations at E3, they are developing into new. Um, they're sinking money into new development teams or developers that are credible to make good Microsoft only or exclusive IPs. But the. The problem with that is that they did this for the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One, and they have pissed all of that away. Because, the, 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 you know, again, it's Microsoft cannot help themselves. They are terrible as a gaming company, and any successes they have had are in spite of themselves. So this is kind of... Kind of on topic of that, but kind of off topic. Um, number one, they do have the unified um, Windows platform that they're working on for developers. And the concept with that is that, you know, we say PC Master Race. Well, Microsoft's eventual goal is that you can build the games for both platforms. And as long as the hardware is similar, but if it's that Windows. could actually work. And I would assume some of the games out there are doing it now. Yeah, it's Sea of Thieves is one that you can play on your Xbox and you can transfer your character and stuff and play on your PC. I don't get it. Well, but the the flip side of that is is that um if you do it Windows if you do that Windows uh Windows Anywhere thing, can't play it on PS4, can't play it on, on the Switch. 
And the OEMs, right. the OEMs are basically, you know, like the or the unless the, somebody licenses the, the UWP platform from Microsoft, which I think they is is the long game that they're trying to go for. It might it might end up turning into nothing though. But that's an interesting choice to me. Another thing that Microsoft has done is um, within the last, I think it was in the last two weeks, they announced that they were buying GitHub, which is the largest oh uh, repository of all source code on the internet. Um, and it, it almost made sense for them to do it, but there's a huge backlash that's happened um, as a result of it. Well, because um, they're a bad, they're they're a bad patron. They're, they're historically a bad patron. They're not a bad patron. It's just they have a reputation for being a bad They've patron. They've actually been a terrible patron. No, no, that's actually not true. Um, that used to be true. Like in the '90s, that was true, and they've tried to correct it, but people are still saying that they're a bad patron. They're really not, though. Um, first of all, I think it was in 2015, Microsoft had the most amount of developers on GitHub out of any organization. Mm -hmm. They beat out Facebook that year. So it's they're actually using the platform, and they're using it on a scale that very few companies do um, uh, for their code. Another thing that I found interesting is they're, they've been... Um, number one, they've offered some, um, like the, uh, and I know we're getting a little computer techie, but they, they've brought in some of the, the Linux world into Windows, which is really interesting. Windows 10, they've offered uh, something they call, um, um, they call it Bash for Windows, but what it really is, is it's a full-blown instance of, of Ubuntu Linux that runs inside Windows 10, and you're supposed to be able to run uh, uh, some stuff on there. So that's not really that interesting to a consumer, but it is them trying to be stronger in that space. But one of Microsoft's big bread and butter is it underlying a lot of their code is something called .NET. .NET is like their, their version of Java. You write the code once, and you can run it anywhere that you want. What's been very interesting is uh, .NET in, in, in a very powerful scripting language that they wrote called PowerShell um, can run on Linux and Mac right now. Now, this is fucking really weird. It's cool because, you know, then if they're an application developer, they can sell their applications to other platforms. Um, but if you go to if you go to that GitHub, which they now which they now own or they're, they're in the process of purchasing, they actually you can actually see how they do this, how they get it to run on Mac and how they get it to run on Linux. So so I'm not trying to it's not for the sake of winning an argument. But Microsoft actually is paying things forward now. They're actually a good patron to the open source world. So much so that even their latest browser called Microsoft Edge that nobody uses, the engine that powers that, it's called I think it's called Chakra or something like that. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. That entire engine is open sourced as well. So they are actually jumping more into the open source realm and they are trying to be multi-platform it seems right now that those platforms are more desktop platforms and not necessarily the gaming platforms but i wouldn't be surprised if they do get to a point where they can license it because if you're a game developer and you can develop the game once then there will there can potentially be a return on investment to to the code that you're writing right you license the technology and and now you don't have to write it for so many platforms what i don't know from a console war perspective is how many of these games are cross-platform today are they all going exclusive or there's still quite a few titles that you're are gonna on, have a lot of cross-platform games for sure you're gonna have a ton of them in fact most of microsoft's presentation 
they didn't have any exclusive IP or very few exclusive IPs. Really, a lot of them they showcased the multi or the cross platform games. I mean, you know, Ubisoft, Bethesda, Activision, they're not gonna do. I mean, you you have to throw a bunch of money, and even that, it's not exclusive. They're like a timed exclusive. A, a timed exclusive. And that's right. that's all PUBG is too. And it's a well, it, 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 you know, it might come to PS4, but the, again, the, the problem with PUBG is that PUBG was just written very terribly, and it is dog poopy on AMD hardware. And the guy, the studio that you know, is, is it Blue Hole? Blue Hole, yeah. But like, they just have not shown any commitment or capability of actually going back and fixing this code. No, they got their money. Fuck it. They're, I don't think they have any interest in making the game better, unlike Epic Games, who is a good developer and they have a history of good well, development. You know, and, well, that and, uh, well, Epic Games, and in particular, Ed Boon over at DC, who makes it just, makes the Unreal Engine do things that it was not designed to do. But it maybe... Yeah, pointless fight with Trace over Mike. Microsoft has always had this schizophrenic thing going on where they will go through this period of like, we're going to empower people, and then depending on an arbitrary management change somewhere else, they just, you know, it's like grab box, cut hole in box, insert dick, shoot. I I know what you're saying, Gunner, and I, I, I think you're dramatizing it. Microsoft's history has been bad, right? I mean, they tried suing Linux for copywriting the Windows desktop. They tried suing Wine, which is a way to run Windows programs in Linux, for stealing their code, which they actually see they actually halted all code for the Wine project for months until the investigation was complete. And Wine said, "No, look, you can read the code. We didn't steal any of your fucking code." It, it, and I understand why they were suspect of it because the, I think it was the Windows 2000 kernel source code was leaked at one point. Mm-hmm. So it's easy enough to say, hey, let's just read that code and then we can run these Windows programs on other things. So they were the evil empire for a long time. And they did go against people for being, and they were really perceived as the evil empire. But Microsoft is, is really trying to correct that problem moving forward. And... I know that there's people that can't be that, that will never change their opinion about them, but the current CEO is making a lot of active steps. You're right; it could be replaced with another CEO. The next CEO might say that it sucks, or you might say that this, these are bad strategies. But what he can't do is he can't reverse the open source of the no, products. He, At least those will, will will stay out there. Now that doesn't necessarily mean anything, right? I mean, th- there was a point in time where where Microsoft said Silverlight was going to be the replacement for Flash, and Netflix jumped on the Silverlight bandwagon. They're like, we're going to use this technology for streaming video. And then um, Novell, which nobody knows about anymore, but they were big in the in the corporate space um, in the 90s. Novell says, hey, we don't really work with Windows too much because they stole all of our fucking ideas. Um, so we're going to buy a Linux dish Distribution and the Novell's like, oh fuck, Silverlight's cool. They're like, let us work with you, Microsoft. We'll make a version of Silverlight that'll run on other platforms. They called it Moonlight, and it, it was it was so many versions behind, and they couldn't license the DRM content. You could never fucking play Netflix on any other platform, right? So we know that even when Microsoft does partner with somebody, they do open source something. All they have to do is have the market on a version one or two greater, and and the I guess the open source side of it is suffering. And I'm, you're, we're seeing that right now with .NET. 
.NET's a classic example. Like mm -hmm. I say, hey, .NET's open source, you can run it on Linux, but it's a very, it's a very dated version, right? Um, people are like, oh, .NET Core, and you can compile .NET Core down to like C++ now, which is supposed to be amazing, mm -hmm. but it's a very limited version of the language. So you could prove right, Gunnar. Time, you could, be pro you could prove yourself right and say Microsoft is really the douchebag um, commercial enterprise that everybody says that they are. But the actions that I'm seeing right now are actions that I haven't seen from another company to really push open source since since Sun put themselves out of business. Yeah. Right? And unfortunately, it did put Sun out of business. And, and Java was picked up by probably the worst. A vendor who is known for predicting the future. Yeah, Oracle. And, and Oracle really hasn't done a whole lot of justice, uh, in, in my opinion. To the Java brand, Oracle to, to has just not to really done offerings. a lot of justice. But to their, to their, uh, you know, in defense of their of their decisions, Oracle's good at making money, and Sun was struggling at doing so. So Microsoft, being the good guy on the block, they still have to find a way to turn a profit on it do you if remember, they want to stay alive. Do you do you ever like listen in detail? Not the not the Chappelle show, but the Charlie Murphy. Hollywood adventure stories with him and I've Andy only Beckham. seen him in Chappelle and it was so long ago. So he was on he was on Rogan's podcast like a, a long while back before he passed away and he was talking about how him and uh, Eddie Charlie Murphy's dead. Charlie Murphy's dead. Oh yeah, dead. he died. Yeah, sadly. <clears throat> but he was talking about this and it was back when Tyson was like at the top top of the world and they go in they're going like they just decided to like show up. And they're talking with this thing, and like the but the but you know like they're in the, they're in the limo, and they're just kind of like tanked already, anyways. And all of a sudden, they hear this bang on the outside, and there's this fucking tiger walking around outside on Mike Tyson's lawn. And the thing is, is they're all fucking losing their minds because he's got this tiger. And then you see like you know Mike Tyson come out. The tiger's like his fucking dog, and Mike Tyson comes out, and he's like, "Tiger, you you behave!" And he starts like wrestling with the tiger. Like like a pet, like 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 a puppy. Sounds it's like just him. sounds like Hangover. Isn't it, isn't well, actually, this is, hangover? That's actually this is, why the Hangover. This is where the Hangover story comes yeah. from. Oh, okay. He really had pet tigers. Okay. And the problem is, is that pet tigers are awesome if you're fucking hard diesel at his peak, Mike Tyson. Otherwise, the tiger will fuck you up when it just gets when it gets the opinion in its mind. And that's what I think of of Microsoft, which is like, yeah, we do all these awesome things, but I'm a fucking tiger, and at any point I will turn on you. I will turn so I on feel, you and fucking. I feel Apple's the new Microsoft. Apple is the one that's making money faster than any other corporation on the planet. And Apple is the one that is kind of, in my opinion, they've, they've kind of slowed down on the innovation side. But they own the market, so it doesn't really matter. That's, I, I kind of feel like, like, like Apple is the new Microsoft. I feel like Microsoft is, is, is the new sun. And they're like, okay, well, we, we might have made good uh, hardware and software decisions in the past that made us a lot of money, but we have to change our strategy if we want to be relevant in the future. So I think, I don't think, I really don't think Microsoft is, is really the evil empire that they once were. They almost should rebrand at this point. They should rebrand. And, they should start. They should start giving Windows away for free. I mean, they did it. They kind of did it for a while with Windows Ten, but they should fucking give it away for free. Are you Are you saying they should rebrand to Tiger Blood? And they should eventually just Tiger, switch to Linux. Tiger Blood. They should just switch to Linux. I mean, they really should. They, they, they can deliver. They can deliver. Ooh, 
swimming. They could deliver all of the quality that they do today with Windows. They could just jump into the wine source code and be like, hey, we're just going to make wine work perfectly because we fucking wrote Windows to begin with. Well, I mean... And um, Windows could just be an emulation layer for old-ass apps. Well, how close are we now? Because, like, the whole thing with 2016 is that it's all containerized. You know, it's containerized anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you know we're, we're talking 32. We're talking 32 core. De- I mean, like, you know, even 32. You know, you have eight core desktops, 16 threads. Yeah, I feel memory, like, like yeah, I, I, I don't feel like they're the evil empire we're, we're, that, they, that, that they once were. Now, that doesn't mean anything towards their hand in gaming. I don't know that much about how how well they're doing in gaming. The problem, <clears throat> Microsoft would be out of business as far as gaming if they weren't Microsoft. Like, Sony's got a lot of money, but not Microsoft money. Well, but, but can't they just survive on fucking Minecraft toys? Well, no, but I mean, the, the, isn't there a market that they own? That is, it's like it's like the Disney thing, right? Disney buys fucking Star Wars. Yeah, they're gonna make money off of ticket sales, but they're also gonna make money off of a fucking Chewbacca spoon that's gonna come in every fucking box of Cheerios. They make they make royalties on every fucking spoon. Actually, they're a quintessential point. They fucking they they fucking bought what's its face there the Minecraft software you know, like, and it's just like it's, they've it's done mer- they well no like it's they're a merchandising deal. but they you yeah, know it's, it's like they they, they they haven't they they've done nothing as far as actually expanding that well that, that. It's fucking I, I, I'm a Minecraft player my they've been adding on to that game since since I purchased it I only purchased it a couple of years ago they've been adding they've been adding on to that game since I purchased it you know one of the things in there is they I, I mean it, it, it's kind of a Legos game so you have to be careful not to add too much right mm-hmm. it's like you want it to have building blocks um, you know one of the things is is um, it, you at the end right you can beat the game right you kill the fucking dragon you can beat the game after you beat the dragon like. If you if you find a way to travel far enough, you can come across these fucking like these floating ships. Yeah. And inside the floating ships have these these uh, wings, and you can fly in the game. But you have it's it was like introduced as like an Easter egg. Now of course, Minecraft's written in Java, so people just decompile the yeah. fuck out of it, and they know as soon as the update comes down, they're like, "Oh hey, there's wings somewhere in the game, and you could fly." Like they could tell by reading the code. But uh, but no, I'd, I'd say I'd say they're doing justice to that game. I think that the but there's there's only so far you can go with with the Minecraft concept. Yeah, you know maybe they could they could do a little bit better with the mod side of it. That I think they fail at. Um, like, like you know, my my kids play a lot of Roblox. In Roblox, like anybody can just make a fucking server, and they can make their own rules. They can get the little development kit, and we stand up your server. Whoever connects to your server gets whatever you made. There's a server you can go into called Car Crusher, and if you want to crush the fucking Lambo, then you got to like you got to like like buy some of the in-game. Uh, uh, currency, and then you have to buy the Lamborghini. You, there's no way to level up to the Lamborghini, but if you want to crush the Corvette, well, you can level up and you can crush the Corvette. But those those actual models of cars somehow were injected into the game, and nobody had it had to install some fucking mod engine in order to get it. The game was built with modding in mind. That to me is why Roblox is still alive because that game has been around forever. Minecraft, I think, fails on that front. There, there's mods, and there's people that write mods. But like, uh, you know, like my son was very interested in a mod. It was called um, uh, the Beatles Yellow Submarine mod, mm-hmm. and the creator did a really, really good job with it. Um, 
you you can spawn a yellow submarine. You can walk inside. All of the members of the Beatles are in there. There's music playing in the background. It probably hits a couple of copyright infringements yeah. with the game. But that aside, the only way to get it is to yeah. essentially copy and paste a bunch of fucking zip files around on a computer. Yeah. It is brutal. And if you have a server and you want to host the Yellow Submarine mod, every person that connects Has needs to, to already have that exact version installed, the exact yeah. version of Minecraft and the exact version of the mod. So I think if, if there is a place where Minecraft could really improve, it's embracing the mod community. Because what's happening now is um, if, if, if you're using a mod that was written for Minecraft 1.6 or 1.7 or 1.8, right now I think they're on Minecraft 1.9 or 1.10, um, maybe even 1.11, you have to have that old version <clears throat> installed in order to play the mod. So you can't benefit from any of the new features. You can't fly because you're running a version of Minecraft before the wings came out. So I think... Yeah, I, I think maybe they failed on that front, but that might be more of, of a design flaw with the game engine, you know, where Roblox was really designed to be like that, well, uh, you know, creative, make your own world, make your own rules, make your own textures game engine. But this, this also comes back to this fundamental flaw, which is that Microsoft doesn't really seem to get, and like maybe, maybe, maybe the new crew, maybe the new crew, new crew will turn it around. But Microsoft just does not, because there was a period during the 90s, the, the, the late 90s, early 2000s, where all this crazy stuff was coming out of them, like on the PC side, and they basically told those guys to shut up, and then they left, and they started this whole Xbox thing, and right. like they just, they, they, you know, like the, the, they, they, had, they had crushed that spirit out of... But if you look at like if you look at like Mojang or however you say it, the company yeah. that made Minecraft before they were bought by Microsoft, you really didn't see the merchandising. Nope. So if you think about it strategically, like Microsoft, I, I don't know how much money they get from the Minecraft label, but they they could be funding a lot of company experiments with that cash. Yes. I mean, if you go and buy one of these figurines, they're like three times the average action figure. They are so fucking expensive. I, you know, but, but, and again, it's like all of these things are kind of flavor, you know, like there's, there's, there's lifespans on all these like communities and flavors and stuff like that. And the way that you either cheat that or how some of them, I, I, you can quote me on this. I think Minecraft is the electronic Lego and it is the first and last I really don't... Th I mean, the Lego's never really been replaced. Mm -hmm. It's been around forever, and whatever they come out with sells, and it sells very well. They almost don't even need to advertise. I really, truly believe that Minecraft is the first, the first proper execution of that Lego concept in a video game. And I think... It, I, I don't know why they're the one that succeeded, but, like, you can't do... You can't, you can't build cities... In Roblox, you can build cities in Minecraft. Yep. You can build them with whatever colors, whatever material. If you hit a button, you can make the fucking buildings explode. Like, I think that it's, I think it's, I don't think that they need to innovate on a title like that because number one, it's paying for itself in merch. Uh, and number two, they have forever, right? They have forever to just decide this week what the next thing component they're going to add to it is well you know and maybe we're going we're we're, we're on the bash brigade because like sony certainly had its shit show moments and nintendo too 
Like, Nintendo's whole, like, online presence thing has just been an absolute dog duty. I've never played a Nintendo game online before. The, just their, how they do the store, everything like that. It's just they, 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 they just, they, they, they refuse to hire anyone who can actually handle, like, handle these problems. And they may have gotten it fixed this generation. We'll see when they go to another platform. Isn't that one of the things that hurt Sony? Well, yeah, so Sony's... So Microsoft, if you want to buy a Microsoft console, it's really going to behoove you to get a Xbox <clears throat> Gold membership, Xbox Gold, and it's a hundred bucks a year. Um, you can get a little cheaper than that, actually, uh, but it essentially connects you to their network. Like mm-hmm. it gets you, you play online, you get all the features or whatever, all the co-op features. You play on their network essentially. Um, which every that was a huge thing that hurt them because Sony their PlayStation network is free, mm-hmm. but the problem with Microsoft and Sony the difference was, and it only happened a few times, <clears throat> but Sony had a security breach, and Sony the, the PlayStation network was down for a month. Yeah, which means you couldn't. Play, Microsoft had a security breach and they were down for two hours. Right, because you pay for what you get in that aspect. Now, Sony's gotten better for sure, no doubt. Right. It's like a self-healing wound. Like, eventually, Sony's going to figure out that problem. And the cheap... I mean, that 100 bucks is something that people... people I mean, I saw one of my friends on Facebook was talking about getting XM Radio, right? And it, I think it was $12 a month, right? Which seems high for consuming radio. And she's like, fuck, no, $10 a month for, you know, Xbox, or, or maybe it's a little bit less than that. It's $100 a year. You can, you can get it for like 60 80 bucks. Like, it's not quite that expensive, um, but it's going to be between 5 and $8 a month. But it's enough for month. people to say no, right? Yeah, it's for enough sure. to, to drive sales. For sure. To say, you know what, I'm going to go with the PlayStation because if you think about the, like, I think of things, I think of things as long-term cost. And I think about if I'm going to get a return back, if I were to look at the two consoles, you know, of course, the game selection would be a motivator. Um, which I, is a major, which turned out to be the the major, the biggest motivator, in my opinion, in this, um, in this current, in this current generation's console generation. I think IPs was definitely, definitely the main, main motivator. Like Nintendo, I don't think you can really argue because they came so late in this generation with the Switch. They're doing well with the Switch, though, I, right? Dude, they have like one of the best... I mean, th- that Zelda game, Breath of the Wild, is like one of the best games of this gen- console generation. I mean, they... But, but Nintendo has these powerhouse monster IPs like that yeah. they've done... I mean, uh, uh, there are very few bad Nintendo games. I've, I've never played They're, a Mario game that I didn't like. Yeah. Halo. Banjo-Kazooie. FAFSA, i.e. Battletech, Shadowrun, Crimson Skies, all this, like, these are, ev- this is everything that Microsoft ha- Microsoft had <laughs> that they have, well, just like, this is super great, you're gonna love this, and it's like, it's like fucking watching fruit rot in a bowl. It's really sad, like, so I was... I bought you a fudgy, the- it's like, it's like a fucking time-lapse photo of fudgy the whale going from happy to sad. They've it's just nuts. really... And I and I don't blame it all on Microsoft. Like this this latest problem, I'd say Call State of, of Decay Two, mm-hmm. Call of the Battlefield. The the problem with State of Decay State of Decay the original was pretty good, but the people's gripes were this. Is, so it came out for the 360 last generation console, 
last gen- con- last generation last console generation mm-hmm. the xbox 360 the playstation 3 <clears throat> this game stated the chaos which essentially was the walking dead mm-hmm. but it was single player no co-op <clears throat> all people asked for we want co-op we want to fight the zombie hordes we want this open world mm-hmm. and they like allowed co- so undead labs develops this game and I don't know the they, they haven't really, really released a ton of backstory. I don't know if Microsoft was pushing them to finish or Undead Labs was just like this is the game we want to make, but they made it so the co-op was like you can join in your friends' civilization. It's it's essentially the same thing as Sea of Thieves. There's just nothing to fucking do. It's the repetitive shit. It's not really that much of a co-op game. It's not really this amazing experience. You're just going on errands essentially, and you'll encounter a few zombies here or there, but you're not like. <clears throat> It's not like Left 4 Dead, which was a fucking awesome zombie survival game, although not too much survival, more of a shooter. Mm-hmm. But it was, that game was fucking cool. That's all that I think people wanted was an updated Left 4 Dead game, and Undead Labs did not fucking make it. So now it's some free piece of shit that I've already uninstalled from my Xbox because it's fucking boring. Wade, you know, you talk about Sea of Thieves. What if I told you Microsoft already shipped a better version of that game except it wasn't just that you were pirates it was that you were sky pirates and you were fighting in like this pop like steampunk thir- what like game 40. was that that's it was crimson on pc sky. that's crimson sky that's pc though that, right no, that was on xbox as well it was they did they did an xbox version of it and basically they everybody decided at some point that uh call of battlefield modern Fair, he's making fun of shooters, Battlefield and Call of Duty, which I understand why he is. But uh, numbers don't lie, Gunner. People play the shit out of those. No, fucking people play games. the shit out of them. But the problem is, is that they 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 overinvested, and now like the, the thing is, is that Microsoft and PS4. See, this is the actual fundamental problem: is that Microsoft and Sony started chasing these guys around, and it's the wrong fucking approach. Which is that you let EA, you let EA and you know, Activision and all those guys fuck that shit up on their own. You just make it easy to run, run, you know, run the thing on your platform. You, you take care of your house, and that's the thing. Like, you know, they owned Favza, you know, at that point. They owned, you know, they owned Rare. Just make compelling, uh, you know, handle your own compelling options. And this is the whole point of having a first-party library: is make compelling options on your own. Oh, and if you have these other games that like they've done fun stuff with, that's awesome too. That is true. Um, Microsoft for a long time had like exclusivity with uh, Call of Duty, where you know if you buy it on, if you have an Xbox One, you're gonna get all these maps first, all this extra DLC first, and yeah, they they definitely paid too too much attention to games like that. Or um, your premium McDonald's vendor. It's like you don't make money being the premium McDonald's vendor. It's like you know what is it like? We we gonna have that problem where where uh. My, my employer who will remain nameless we had this one strategy at one point where like we brought Dunkin Donuts in as our primary like food and thing but you know you your, your, your return rate I mean like it's still profitable but it's not like ridiculously profitable and that's where you want to be you know it's like <sighs> they've just I mean straight up they've just mismanaged their the the their exclusive ips they've they've they're they're things that made the franchise huge 
they've just mismanaged. And I, I think there's hope on the horizon, and hopefully that they're recognizing the mistakes they've made and not fucking worrying about being first and Pet. getting this pushing the shit through the doors. Pet tigers are rad. But, like, <laughs> I hope that in the future, and if anything from E3 like proved anything, that's what they're going to do. Hopefully they're going to embrace that. But, like, this console generation is fucking done. I wasn't that impressed with PlayStation's um, presentation. It was okay. Has to show, yeah, Sony at this point just has to show up and not like say we're going to burn children for fuel or they, something. Yeah, they ran through the status quo pretty much. They had a Spider-Man game look pretty slick. That's like an, an IP for them. Hey, we're gonna do another version. We're gonna like updates. Here's some other PlayStation VR stuff. I think Nintendo definitely missed the ball. Um, most of their presentation was about the new Smash Brothers that's coming out for Switch. Yeah, the Smash Brothers Sma- Ultimate. Best Smash Brothers. Yeah, well, it's more. I love me some Smash more than Mario. No, it's 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 just it's not more. It's just here, we're going. Here's everything. Go go at. Yeah. So like and but it was like half of the half of more than half of their thing. Like there's a they touched on a new Mario Party, a new Fire Emblem. So they Nintendo did okay. I think Xbox or PlayStation but it's, probably but it's had the more best of presentation. The same titles. Right. Like I think I would have been more impressed if they finally finally push out a fucking Metroid game, like a good. Metroid game out the goddamn door. Figure that out, please, Nintendo, and I'll buy a Switch gladly. Man, I well, it's pl- pl- <clears throat> Platinum's budget's t- Platinum's uh, developer pipeline is kind of tied up at the moment, and besides that, they have to make Bayonetta three. Is Metroid is Metroid True. a Platinum title? No, no, oh, that's okay. a Nintendo exclusive. That's Nintendo. Yeah, yeah Nintendo actually, the last the last couple the last couple Metroids were actually American made. Well, I, I played the one that one of the ones that was available for the Wii. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna yeah, try out Metroid. It. It, like, I bought a Wii on eBay, and it came with a shit ton of games. I fucking hated it. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe it's because I don't care for the the whole narrative thing. Did you play with a Wii Mo, or did you play with a GameCube controller? Um, I think I played with the Wii Mo with that Nunchuck, but might be why. But that no, I I mean, it wasn't so much the gameplay. It was just really. I felt like I was. I felt like I was playing. You know how you go to the arcade and there's those like like carnival and stuff where you just you're forced to go to each next scene and all you have to do is point and shoot. Yeah. I felt like that's what I was doing. It's, it just forced me through to every next objective. I didn't really understand what the purpose was. Yeah, there must have been something better about the original titles. That oh, got dude, that, like Super well, Metroid is one of the greatest platformers ever created. Now was that like a was that like a side scroller like mm-hmm. a contra type thing where yep. you would just fucking shoot everything? Well, no, because the, the the big the big thing the big thing with Prime and actually they're like um, totally not comparable, but like uh, there was one on Sega that was kind of like an archetype of that, like the the prototype of that as well as a Chicken the Forever Man. Oh yeah, I've heard of it. Never played you know, it. There's, yeah. there's certain fundamental parts that are broken of it, but it's kind of like Herzog's way, where this is the you know like this. So Metroid and Super Metroid, the big thing is is that um, you can re-explore. You know, like again, the the levels are very much the, the your flow through the level is very much dependent on what you've done in the game so far. And what I mean by that is like it's actually there is there there is these there are these huge involved worlds. That you go back and forth through, mm-hmm. but your ability to explore it is contextually like you know like besides you doing your your, your actual practical puzzle problem solving, mm-hmm. you know it's 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 how you defeat enemies, how you do are, are, are actually entirely like 
based on solving these problems mm -hmm. because you have different toolkits available to you at different times. And, you know, like Prime, which was the first 3D Metroid, mm -hmm. yeah. was like the, you know, like the, the archetype upon which this exploration style game is, is, was developed from. Mm -hmm. And they did three Metroid Primes, which were all done by the same guy. And like they have, they're kind of like Nintendo uses that developer as their cleanup crew now for some other stuff. But the, I think the one that you're talking about was actually like, um, not Ninja Theory, but like one of the, it was like, a, it was a Sega developer, you know, like it was like a Sega partner developer. It was terrible. And it's, it's just, it was absolute dog shit. Yeah, it was terrible. So what, what like, you had an exploration game that didn't let you explore. Yeah. Like the whole point it was, of Metroid yeah, it was is on rail. Yeah. The cool thing about Metroid is like the allure of Super Metroid specifically, <clears throat> but like the Prime games are very much like that. Like Super Metroid, you'll upgrade your character and upgrade your gear, and then you'll have to go back to like where you started the game, where you were just this little like you could barely survive. Mm -hmm. And then you're gonna unlock kind of other parts of that that you couldn't access before because you now have the gear to get there, and it's just. Everything that's old is once again new. Essentially, like there's. I think it was three corruption. I think that's the yeah, one. The, the Wii was real missed. The Wii was was a and gimmick as fuck. The game system. may the game may get better eventually, but I was fucking fifty minutes into this fucking game with my kids. One of them was sleeping, and the other one was begging me to turn Listen, it off. They develop a Metroid game that's that's kind of like how they developed or the time they put in to make Breath of the Wild. The game's going to be excellent, but. Nice. Nintendo's was a little underwhelming. Yeah, basically at this point, Nintendo Japan can't make a Metroid game. Like they can't actually. They, they, you know, and it's one of these things too. It's weird because effectively, Metroid is only really popular in the West. It's not yeah. a big Japanese game, and it's why they don't invest the money or the time into it. Smash is interesting to me, but it's it, Smash has always been interesting because, like, I watch the the like the. The players on Twitch, mm -hmm. and they're all playing on GameCube still. Well, that's because that's the that's the best that, well, that's the best interface. Actually, actually, the, effectively, isn't that an interesting? Isn't that an interesting thing? Well, it's, it's not really. Uh, it, it gets that's Nintendo's fault. No, well, that that <laughs> the like if you want to get in the nitty gritty details, you have to. Hit, they want special controllers that are actually broken from the factory because there's an issue with the input system on the analog stick. On the GameCube mm -hmm. controller, and only like one in seven or one in ten mm -hmm. have this thing where it won't do the bounce. But yeah, they want the CR, they want CRT TVs, everything like you know, because it's 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 just this is this is a standard. And actually, this is I think this is actually one of the primary reasons that they're doing Ultimate mm -hmm. is that Ultimate is supposed to be the tournament replacement, right? For this going forward, it's yeah, like and we and the, it seems like the controls are going to go back to to better because like one of the issues I had with the Wii, I didn't really play the Wii U too much, although I did like the platform. I was kind of sad that it didn't do very well. Um, but with the Wii, which you know, still a lot of people have Wiis, the the problem is Smash Smash Brothers is 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 almost unplayable with the with the default Wii remote. You really have to plug in. The GameCube controller, but the problem that I have in my house is that um, we keep pulling the fucking Wii off of the counter because of the cables. Yep. So you have to like go out and get like a wireless GameCube controller, which are very expensive still, um, probably because there weren't a lot made. Um, so yeah, I, I I can understand why it didn't succeed on the Wii, but 
Um, the, I think the other problem is this: the Wii version wasn't high definition. It, it so succeeded on the if Wii. You, if it's just gonna, people using Game GameCube controllers played it. Right, right. But the tournaments are all on GameCube, though, right? Um, I don't know what the systems they're using. No, on. I mean, no, like, there's, no, there's, they're, they're using updated. They're using so like Wii U. Melee, Wii and, melee. Again, like actually, there'll be two. Like because yeah, melee it's, is it's the, Evo is really the, the quintessential standards, and you'll have the, you'll have melee, and then you'll have the Wii version of. Or the Wii U version of Smash. Yeah, Melee is the one I keep seeing on there. Although I'm not on Twitch all that much, so I could be a little bit off. But I don't like see Brawl on there, which Whoa. is the title that they had on Wii, on the on the Wii. Melee is a much a Melee is a very complicated game, which is actually it's one of the, what's uh, Swar. I think it's Swar. I, oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna get punished by the the, the internet gods because I can't remember the name of the the name of the dude who did. Smash Brothers, but he gets super pissed because, like, the whole thing was it wasn't supposed to be a fighting game, but it's become like the quintessential. It's a fun fighting game. Well, and it's because it's like, weird stuff too. Like, I think the controls are slightly off, even with the GameCube controllers. Yes, I think there's something wrong on the Wii. Like, like one of the controllers just does not. It doesn't behave the way that it did when 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 everybody learned it. Yeah, there might be some sort of lag or something like that, but. So Nintendo's, like I said, I felt was a bit underwhelming. Bethesda was interesting. Um, I'm kind of hot and cold on certain Bethesda. So Bethesda's kind of bringing it back to like 1994. There's gonna, it, it sounds like there's gonna be a new Doom game, which there was a Doom game like last year, or a yep. year and a half ago, which was good. It was good. Um, and then another uh, Wolfenstein se- sequel. I just think mm-hmm. it's funny that like when you say Bethesda, Bethesda is the developer. Okay, they're a game developer. Well, they're, they're the, did they buy it from ID or something? Is no, ID so, gone? so no. Uh, oh, what the hell's the name? Because Bethesda is actually owned by oh, cred. Is I gotta look this up real quick. Because uh, it's this weird company that's owned by a a, a Bond villain. Um. Zenimax. Okay, so Zenimax is the publisher. Okay. ID is a subsidiary of Zenimax now. Oh, okay. So, um, that actually Zenimax was the one that was suing John Carmack in the uh, Facebook over the Oculus Rift thing because was Oculus there? No, no, Oculus is dead. Is, no, Oculus much, is still around. Is it? They're well, actually the coming out with new gen hardware. Well, the thing is, is I've been seeing a lot of push for the Go. The yeah. Oculus Go, oh. and it's it doesn't plug into a computer. You don't need a cell phone for it. It's like um, it's like a, a like an affordable. I think you can get them for like two hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. An affordable VR, but it uses like all of the R and D that Facebook has been putting into the Oculus. Um, one of my coworkers was thinking about getting one. Um, getting the Go, so I thought maybe that they would be there, but I, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. I kind of. I VR don't, fell off the bandwagon it's, again. It's yeah, it's a fad thing. It's a gimmick thing. It's not good enough yet. It's not there. It's we're not there. My problem with it is it. It's kind of like the only headphones. If the only headphones that you sold were full, tight on your ear earmuff headphones, and you couldn't hear anything else in the outside world, then a lot of people wouldn't want to wear headphones. But you know, the earbuds have been invented. The earbuds kind of sit in your ear, and you can still kind of hear things in the outside. So if you're on the subway and um, and and somebody calls, somebody says something, or somebody calls your name, or you you hear the ne- your next stop is going to come up, you can still hear it through your earbud. 
I think that one of the biggest problems with VR, and, and people always jump to augmented reality. I don't think you need augmented reality. I think you need peripheral vision. You need some amount of see-through so that you can play without being fucking blind. And I watch, like I watch my kids play, um, you know, do some of the VR stuff in my living room and they're walking into walls. Like some of these games require you to like, to like march in place in order to move forward. It senses like the wiggling of the headset. And, and if they're not careful, they're walking into walls or they'll, they'll watch like a 3D video and they'll like, they'll, they'll like almost be falling over while they're standing and watching it because they've completely lost context of where they're standing in a room. I think that's one of the major problems in VR that hasn't been solved. I just feel the tech isn't there and I just feel like it's a gimmick. Like I, I, gamers, people that buy games like I don't know the VR thing. I think it's it's a cool idea and it can be somewhat immersive. I just think it's shit. No, I don't. The 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 main problem is that 